to Thursday night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. I cannot tell you how much I have looked forward to, to for, forward to being here tonight. I have been gone for two weeks now, uh, out in the middle of the wilderness on vacation, and a couple weeks ago, Christopher Ryan came on and hosted for us, so I hope but that was a really fun night, and you guys were kind to him. <laughs> he said he had a great time, so that made me really happy. And then last week, the workshop that we ran, um, I had that set. I had that set up to play live, so that those of you that call in and listen on the phone would be able to hear it. And I was unable to get cell reception where I was, and I like hiked all the way up onto the top of this mountain ridge trying to get my cell reception, where normally I get it, I didn't, because it was overcast. So I hiked all the way up the mountain. I was like, I thought I was going to have a heart attack, huffing, puffing, climbing, grabbing trees, the hell with the rattlesnakes. I was going to get up there, and I still couldn't get cell signals. So I was really bummed out that I wasn't able to get that show started for you guys. But we are here now. We are here this week, and I'm really excited had an amazing adventure and I've gotten bunches of emails asking me you know how was the trip how you know what happened it I can't even tell you I mean it was so incredible for those of you that don't know I am I do a lot of stuff with paleontology I I play with dead things when I'm not writing and doing photography and all the other stuff that I do that's one of my favorite things to do and I take off a couple times every year I do one big trip I've been going out to this formation uh, east in the eastern Oregon now for I've been out there seven six years I've been going for six years normally for only a week but the last three years I've gone for a two week stretch um, and studying this formation this fossil formation right so I normally don't go in October everything kind of went crazy this year and I had to postpone my trip some so I get up there and it's beautiful weather right but at night in the desert it drops so cold and I was so freezing that first night and then weird quirk twist of fate um, I got a message met, met up with a girl from one of my Facebook groups it was also camping out in that area and she gave me this great big huge quilt so I just love her dearly for that so I didn't freeze to death because I didn't plan well for the cold <laughs> Um, but it was awesome. You know, I packed all this food, and then every night I ended up eating like hummus and crackers and anchovies for dinner, or like crab and cheese rolled up in tortillas. That was like my main staples for the entire trip. Had this crazy, crazy feral cat. It was so beautiful. It was solid gray with this big fuzzy, fuzzy face and the whiskers around his face. The ends of the, the tips of the fur around his face was like pure white. But the rest of him was gray, and he had this giant bushy tail. At first, when I saw him, I thought it was like a gray fox or something. No, but it was a, a, a feral domestic cat. And first night I saw him, I named him Bojangles, and you know, tried to convince him to come home with me. Of course, he didn't want to. 
but I fed him. And then every day that I rolled into camp, he was sitting there waiting for me. It's like, hey, Bojangles, kitty, kitty. And <laughs> I would throw him some, you know, I cooked like all this pork roast and all these yummy things that I planned on eating during the trip, you know, pre-made meals and everything like that. And it was like, the cat ate way better than I did. I just, you know, you get into camp and you're just so tired, you don't want to do anything. But it was pretty awesome. I found all kinds of dead things. The uh, It was crazy because normally the the reservoir is low. The reservoir, the lake that I go up to is normally low, but not. I've never seen it as low as it was this year. This year, it was just a river running through the bottom of the valley. And what makes that so cool is that in 1939, they built a dam down lower in the valley, and it flooded up where I go, right? And the Paiute Indians used to use that as their... Uh, summer campgrounds and so there was there's all these native camps and you know I was walking around there's like 30 something odd uh, fire rings that I found and and I always want you know you sit there when you're a creative person uh, you know us poets we 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 all look at the world different we wonder at things we turn them over and poke them and prod them and and things and so I've always sat there and wondered what it was like you know living back during you know pre-contact days and being a native, running around on my horse, you know, barely dressed, wind blowing my hair, and what it was like to live there, and what it looked like before, you know, we we built the dam and flooded it, and what the valley was, and you know, I always wondered things like that, and it was really cool because this year, I actually got to see it, and so I took off on like this twelve, it was crazy, it's like this twelve mile hike across the entire valley. And then had to come back, of course. But I, I wanted to be able to go out there I, because I knew I would, it would never be that low again. What used to be a giant lake, a lake was now just nothing but the original river being cut through the valley floor. And so I got out there and, and was walking around, and I found dead people, right? Okay, so the, the water got so low that it uncovered these burial ground, these burial mounds. And so I had to go back up, and I called Diane at the Paiute Reservation, charge of cultural affairs and let her know that there were some graves down there that had been uncovered when the water receded. So literally found five dead people, four adults and one child uh, (laughs) found dead. So I was out there looking for dead things because, you know, fossils are dead things, but I actually found dead people. I found some kind of weird, crazy sea serpent looking thing that I have no clue what it is, but it's huge fossil. (laughs) I found my fish again this year. Some of you from remember from last year, uh, the place that I go up and check. They they don't they they didn't have any recorded articulated fish fossils found up there, and I found them. I was I'm the first one to have, and I had bits and pieces last year. This year I found an, a full one, which is huge. That I mean, an unbroken, complete, on one split, complete full fish unbroken it's, it's, it's just amazing I squealed so loud but it was incredible it was an amazing trip I had so much fun I can't even tell you I was really sad I couldn't talk Bojangles into coming home with me but I look forward to sharing some of the pictures and the things oh and I found volcano burps oh it's so cool um and I'll show you what a volcano burp is, too. I'll post some pictures on my page. But it was amazing, and I appreciate you all. I mean, I don't normally take off for two weeks, and I've been able, this year I was able to do it 
I was actually there a little longer than two weeks. I just got home last night. I was supposed to be home Monday. But my, I'm all loaded up and like my hands, I got like 15 Band-Aids on my hands. I'm all, I mean, it was rough. I had my backpack on full of falses. I'm hiking out of the, the valley bed and I fall backwards right onto my sack of rocks. And I think I busted a rib. Oh my gosh, it hurt so bad. And I finally get my truck loaded up, and I get camp packed up, and I'm begging Bojangles to come with me, and he won't, and I'm so sad, because who's going to feed my kitty, right? And I jump in my truck, and I take off, and I start going up the first big hill, and my truck breaks down. And I'm sitting there thinking, thank God I have a spot X, because of course there is no cell signal up there to call anyone. So Christopher, bless his little heart, Drove all the way to Bend, Oregon. I had to get a tow from where I was all the way to Bend because that was the closest big city. It was like almost 200 miles to get there. Christopher drove all the way from the Salem area to pick me up in Bend and loaded all my fossils in the car. Left my camp equipping and equipment in the truck. You know, if somebody steals something, they can have <laughs> my tent. <laughs> they can't have my fish. Um, so it was an adventure. It was it was crazy. I did, I did not know if I was going to get home in time for tonight. So I have to tell you, I am so tickled to be here, seriously. And I can't wait to talk to you guys. It's been two weeks. I'm going through withdrawals. I miss you so much. I can't even tell you. All right, so that's the update on the trip. I have pictures to show you and all that good stuff. I found dead things. I actually have, if you go like at dead, at I... I play with dead things.com. That's like my, my, my thing at I play with dead things at I play with dead things. That's, that's what it is. I'm just getting used to all this tweeting stuff. You guys just the whole adding another social media into my mix is just, I mean, I have fun with the show, but I just don't want it. It's like more social media. No, I just want my radio poets, <laughs> uh, but I'm trying to learn figure all that stuff out so anyway yeah at i play with dead things is uh my tweeter thing tweeter thing <laughs> i'm dumb all right so anyway okay let's get on with the show that's the update because i know you guys are asking we got all all of the way at once all right so open my poetry mini workshop let's get to it if you want to call in tonight the number is 646-595-3965 that's 646-595-3965. If you're on Facebook and you follow the link, it will take you to the live broadcast of the show online. And it also has the poet chat room if it's behaving and you can get in. If it's not, just keep poking it with a stick. I'll let you in eventually. I want to let you know that had I been able to get cell signal last week, you would have been able to hear an amazing workshop uh, I would have been able to call and start that for you. Next time I may just play it safe and have it start automatically. But then you can't call in and listen, and that's not cool. So we'll figure it out. We'll get it figured out together. So, But you would have heard a workshop, and uh, it would have been awesome, and you'd have been so happy. But speaking of workshops, very clumsy segue, if you're interested in putting together a workshop with us, <laughs> shoot me a message. On, probably on Facebook would be easiest. If you aren't on my contacts list, you can find me under Nyla, first name Nyla, N-Y-L-A, like New York and Los Angeles. Nyla, last name Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. 
shoot me a message, let me know what you want to put together, and we can do that. They can be anywhere from like 30 minutes to three hours long. We can just get started and go till you're done. You can pre-record these on your computer and send me an MP3 file if you'd like, or you can have me call you and I can do a conference call, and you can pre-record it that way through a conference call, or you can do it live or a combination of both, play the pre-recorded person, and then come on live and talk to your listeners and answer questions or whatnots. You don't have to be a professional workshop provider in order to do this. You just uh, have an idea and come hang out and we'll spend some time together. That would be cool. Next thing I want to do, very important thing, is I want to thank our sponsors. Those of you who stepped up to the plate in 2021 helped us cover our broadcasting license for the year. Those sponsors are Melvin Douglas Johnson, Todd Carter, Vicki Aqua, Sean and Maddie Gullickson, Audrey Michelle, George Wiley, Bart Solarchek, Brad and Darlene Kuhn, Uma Pochapalli, Christy Doherty, Douglas Curry, Eric Sheldman, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Gina Storm, Raymond Bentley, John Caves, Paula Sweet, Timothy Melton, Ronald P. Bremner, Kevin Kraft, Honey Parker, Karen DeWitt, Larry Teal, Robert M- Mickey, Jade Mist, Rose Rosen, Christopher Ryan, Trina Pierce, Dennis Must, and Barbara Cope Wilson. Anonymous donations were also made in the name of Cherry Rose, Philip Kent Church, Ray Neighbors, Charles C.B. Banks, Glenn Steele, Rick Smith, and King's Cadence. So thank you, everybody. Thank you for helping make our 2021 broadcasting year a reality You know, we have been on, this is our 14th year on the air, and here the end of the month, end of October, beginning of November, it will be our 15th year on the air. We have our anniversary, our birthday, and I am so excited. I'm really hoping that Jimmy Ray will come on and host with me because this all, he was the catalyst that started this all, and we will tell that story again. It's kind of like a tradition now. How did this speakeasy begin, Mommy? I don't know. We'll have to wait for the special anniversary show to find out because every year they tell the story. (laughs) So, yeah, we'll we'll get into that on the anniversary show. I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. So if you want to start working on a piece for the anniversary show, I kind of want to give you a heads up on that. It's really fun. Every year somebody calls in and, and writes a, has a poem written dedicated to everybody in the community or a special poem written to somebody that has inspired them or helped them or they write collabs together. It's a really cool show. So kind of keep an idea that in the back of your mind. Plant that seed. See uh, you know, maybe there's something you want to put together special for that show. All right, next thing I want to do is go over our inspiration from the inkwell. Drum roll, please. Wait a second. I got to I gotta put the pen down. That's the drum roll. Drum roll. <laughs> Let's get to your writing workshop, mini workshop. If I can pull up the page, where did it go? That's not it. Where did it go? There it is. I found it. I'm a little rusty. It's been two weeks. You've got to give me a break. You don't have to do anything. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not the boss of you. But, you know, anyway, inspiration from the inkwell. (laughs) Let's start with your writing assignment. Now, what we're working on is called free finish that thought writing prompt. It's like free writing with a finish that thought prompt because everyone always tells me, well, I would free write, but I don't know what to write. 
you know, I don't know what to write about, and that's the point. You aren't supposed to have anything to write about. You're just supposed to write. But I'm taking that excuse away from you. So this is a hybrid of a free writing because I'm giving you a prompt to start you off with. And what I'm doing with this is a little bit different because I'm giving you a sentence, or more precisely, I'm giving you a thought, which you write at the top of your clean journal page. And next, what I would have you do is to write out all the different ways you can finish that thought. And I would really, really like you to strive for maybe at least 20. You may not get 20 on all of them, and that's okay. Like I said, you know, I'm not there looking over your shoulder, or am I? Um, <laughs> But I'd like to strive for at least 20 because that way you're pushing yourself. When you push yourself, you kind of get past the obvious ideas and start getting into the obscure. And it's the obscure places that we want to write from because that's where our own true, unique poetry voice comes from or our whole creative thought process for that matter. So at the top of the page, I want you to write the the beginning of the thought, which is, you know what? If I just had a time machine and then think of all the ways you can fill out that blank. So you don't have to write that, you know what? If I just had a time machine a hundred times, if you think of a hundred different things, just write that at the top of the page and then just start finishing it, you know, one after another. If I just had a time machine, I, I can't say that on the radio. <laughs> I am so glad my mouth caught on to what my brain was thinking before it just came like blurting out. That would have been really bad. Um, anyway, no, I'm not going to tell you. So just, you know, just start jotting down all the ways you can finish that thought. Sometimes it's easier if you follow a pattern, like it's easier for me, so I'll, I'll write that, you know. You know what, if I just had a time machine and I start thinking about my life and write down all the personal things that I can think of. And then when I run out of those, I will switch over to, you know, if I just had a time machine and make up obscure, dumb, silly, random things, right? Or then I will, you know, if I just had a time machine, I'll switch to all the things I would go back in history and find. And the reason it's good to do that is because your brain automatically will feed off of each other, feed off of ideas. It, you'll have, that's why they, where the saying train of thought comes from. So if you're trying to think of, just different things, you'll, you'll stall, you'll get a stutter in your thoughts. But if you go on a certain pattern, if you follow a certain thought process, then it will just roll till you're done and you'll find some really cool things in there. So just an idea. It works for me. It doesn't work for everybody, but you can give it a try, see if it's something you can use. All right. So once again, I want you to do the finish that thought free writing prompt. Again, for this week it is you know what, if I just had a time machine and go. Have fun with it, and it'll have fun with you. Now, poetry prompts. I'm going to give you your poetry prompts. And prompts are like they're seeds planted. They are meant to grow into actual poems. All right? So with that said, the prompts can be the title to your poem. It can be the general concept of your poem, or you can use it as a line in your poem. But it has to grow into one of those things. Beyond these guidelines, whatever you do with them is up to you. So what I want you to do is I want you to number your paper. You should have your paper and pencil out. Number your paper from 1 through 12. All right, I'm going to run through these for you. And what's fun about these is I actually did these, like I said, I just got home really late last night. And so I sat here getting ready for the show today, and all of these have to do with my trip. All of these are inspired by something that happened on my trip. And 
next week before we do these, I'm going to run through the list and tell you what, what they were inspired by. But I'm not going to tell you beforehand because because then that's going to that's going to taint your creative process. It's kind of like when you hear a song and you get an idea in your head of what you think it's about, and then you watch the video and it really screws it all up for you. And you can never see the song in the same way again because now you've seen the video and you know what they're. You know, you know what their idea for the song was, but it was nothing what you thought, and now it's like it ruins it. So I'm not going to tell you this week. I'll tell you next week. But all of these were inspired inspired somehow by things that happened during my trip. All right? So number one, Heart of the Beast. Heart of the Beast. Number two, In the Shadow of Wild Horses. In the Shadow of Wild Horses. Number three, the drowning sky. The drowning sky. Number four, beautiful, lonely. Beautiful, lonely. Number five, lasting impression. Lasting impression. Number six, all that remains of the story. All that remains of the story. Number seven, old bones and names never spoken. Old bones and names never spoken. Number eight, words frozen in air. Words frozen in air. Number nine, beauty mends the broken. Beauty mends the broken. Number 10, the outlaw age. The outlaw age. Number 11, every day at 4.30. Every day at 4.30. And number 12, you cannot rush sunrise. You cannot rush the sunrise. All right, so that is your 12 prompts for this week. Remember that you can mix and match them. You can use number 2 and number 8 and number 11 and then run back up and grab number 5 and mix and match them all up into one poem however you want. You can write one poem to all 12 prompts, so you can write 12 different poems, or you can get real froggy and you can write a poem using all 12 prompts. And if you do that, make sure you bring them back and, and read them for us. If you want to, it's up to you, but I'd love to hear them. So anyway, that is that. Those are your 12 poem prompts. Now, we are going to do your writing exercise. And what I have done is I combined, I took your writing prompts and I've combined them with your writing exercise because I think it's easier, instead of giving you a bunch of different things to do, as I said, train of thought, they feed off of each other, having your writing exercise use your prompts. And you should actually do this before you sit down to write poems to your prompts because it will help you in that process. So taking the 12 prompts that I just gave you, what I want you to do is what we call our pick apart a prompt writing exercise. And this is probably one of the best writing exercises you can do to grow as a writer. Uh, It's one of the things that will really help you a lot besides free writing. Nothing in the world is better than free writing for a writer. 
besides reading. Remember, if you're not reading more than you're writing, you're doing it backwards. And I'll probably say that again in a few minutes. Anyway, so what this does is it emphasizes that what you do with a prompt before you write to it is far more important than what you write. You heard me mention earlier about getting past the predictable. We all have knee-jerk reactions to inspiration just as much as muscle memory learning to type. Your brain will be fed some inspiration, and instantly it's going to go to the things it's most familiar with. To be a really good writer, you have to push past the predictable. Nobody wants to write a predictable poem. Unless it was cheesily done intentionally and as something fun, you know, like something like Billy Collins would write. But nobody wants to write a predictable poem. You know, a lot of times when you submit stuff for publication and it gets rejected and you think, oh my God, those bastards, they hate my writing. I'm never going to submit to the game. Blah, 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 right? It has nothing to do with that. It means that they, you know, a lot of, of uh, journals will, will uh, publish to a theme. You know, or it's their fall issue, so everybody sends in poems about, you know, autumn leaves. Well, your poem may be a great poem about autumn leaves, but they just got 50 submissions, 50 of their submissions are all poems about autumn leaves, and they're only going to print one. And the rest of the book is going to be filled up with something else. All right? So don't be predictable. Don't write the obvious. Do this exercise. Train your brain. If you want your brain to be doing that muscle memory, train it to immediately when it hears something that inspires it. This will train it to run through a kaleidoscope. You will instantly turn it around, twist it up, and your brain will race with different ideas instead of immediately going to the obvious and getting stuck there. So with that said, this is what I want you to do. Starting with the first prompt that I gave you, which was, which was, which was Heart of the Beast. All right, I want you to take that and I want you to write that at the top of a clean journal page. Then underneath the bit, underneath it, I want you to write at least six different poems you could write to that prompt. Don't write a poem to it, not yet, but write six different poems you could write. You can do more than six if you want, but really push yourself to do at least six. All right, heart of the beast. Write that at the top of the page and then write down, think of all the ways you could twist it around, all the things that could become the voice for, a metaphor for, all the different things that could stand, whatever it is. Just write down all the different directions you could take that prompt. When you're done with that one, I want you to move to number two, then number three, all the way down to the bottom of the list until you have at least six ideas for different poems you could write to each of the 12 different prompts. And I promise you, and I guarantee you, and I've been giving this promise and guarantee for I don't know how long, and I will tell you this, nobody has called me on it. It's because they can't. There is no way that you can do this exercise. Take those 12 prompts and write down six different poems you could possibly write to each of the 12 prompts and not have an idea, grab a hold of you, and take off and run. This is, this is, this is called what I call aggressive writing. It's called chasing the muse. You know, most of us will sit around in our cute little poet hat at night with a candle lit and a glass of red wine and the window open and waiting for our muse to fly through and bang, it's between the head with a brick. 
and we're off and running. Oh my gosh, my music! It just hit me last night. I was in a zone and I was writing in it. No, no, no. I'm not that patient. All right. If you want your muse to smack you around more, you got to shake it up a little. Don't sit around pat. Nobody wants to be boring. Don't be. Don't bore your muse to death. Shake it up. Go out there and chase it. Poke it with a stick. Prod it. Tempt it. Tease it. And it'll play with you much more often. I promise. So anyway, yeah, if you do this, you will write a prom. And if you don't, I want you to call me and tell me you didn't because there's no way that's going to happen. You can't do it. It's not your creator person. Your brain is not, your brain, your brain is not built to make me lose this guarantee. <laughs> so once again, these are the 12 prompts that you will be using in your pick apart a prompt writing exercise for the week. Number one, Heart of the Beast. Number two, In the Shadow of Wild Horses. Number three, The Drowning Sky. Number four, Beautiful Lonely. Number five, Lasting Impression. Number six, All That Remains of the Story. Number seven, Old Bones and Names Never Spoken. Number eight, Words Frozen in Air. Number nine, Beauty Mends the Broken. Number ten, The Outlaw Age. Number 11, every day at 4.30. Number 12, you cannot rush the sunrise. And there you go. Have fun with those. Remember, we are focusing, again, on reading, reading, reading. If you're not reading more than you're writing, you're doing it backwards. You have to have that input in order to have output. When I first started writing, I refused to read anything because I was so afraid that something was going to... I mean, I wanted my... Think of how, how, how totally... I don't even know what the word is. I'm a writer and I can't think of the word. Pompous is a good word. It was to think that if I read something, it's going to taint the way I wrote and it would be no longer be mine. You know, it's like, oh, it must be purely my ideas. I can't write like that. That's bullshit. You have to read. You have to have that input. You have to feed your brains. You are what you eat and that applies to your brain as well. You are absolutely going to be influenced by the things that you read. Being influenced by something is not the same as plagiarism. It's not the same as copying somebody. You know, it's, no, it's inspiring. So read, read, read. Then, remember, there's a couple of activities that we've been focusing on. First, I challenge you to strive to learn one new poetry form every single month. This is some place that we can all use some, uh, use a little extra work on. Uh, there are so many millions of different types of poetry forms out there, and we can all learn some new ones. You know, a lot of the stuff that I do is either spoken word or free form. I'm a words person. Numbers really hurt my brain. I mean, seriously, my brain does something where if I look at numbers, it cramps. It's, it's, it's a physical feeling I get when I think about doing math. And so for a long time, I wouldn't even touch form poetry because that meant I had to count. It meant I had to, to it involved numbers, and my brain really does not deal with numbers. In fact, a lot of you may know I'm dyslexic with numbers, not letters, but with numbers, and I don't know why. I get them mixed up all the time. I look at them, and they just dance. So I stayed away from it, and that was silly because one day, you know, I was sitting there thinking, Some I was, and, and actually, you know, nobody wants this to happen to them, but it did to me. It's kind of like falling down the dance floor when you're drunk. Nobody wants to have, have it happen, but it's life-changing. <laughs> um, so 
I was at a writing conference and somebody was talking to me. I, I can't remember exactly what the poetry form is. You know, let's say, for example, it was a villanelle and somebody was, you know, just standing there in general conversation and bring up talking about a villanelle and, you know, asked me what I thought about that form and had I written any. And I had no clue what they were talking about. So I had to make like an awkward excuse real quick and excuse myself from the conversation. And I felt like an idiot. I mean, I know I'm not an idiot, but there's that little thing on your shoulder saying, wow, you should have known that. You just, yeah. So it's important to know these things. It's important to be able to at least have a conversational knowledge of the craft that we are so passionate about, even if it's not something that we normally write. By pushing ourselves to learn a new poetry form every single month, just one, it's not a hard one to do, um, it, it gives us one more crayon in our box, one more thing we can lean on. There's things that I have written that didn't start out to be something, but after I got the first line written, all of a sudden it's like, you know, that, well, I'm going to do that repetitive line. I'm going to make this a villanelle because now I know what a villanelle is, right? I don't do them all the time. I've written two. But had I not known what a villanelle was, I would never have written any. And so it's kind of fun. I, that what changed for me, I think, was instead of thinking about them as numbers anymore, I started thinking about them as word puzzles, which I am very good at. So instead of being numbers and counting, it was fitting words into a puzzle, and that made them a lot of fun for me. So really work on learning those new poetry forms. Then the next thing that I want to have you look at doing, and this one is like amazingly important, it's such a simple thing, but it has such a huge... I would probably say this is like the second, if you're not going to free write every day, that you need to at least do this. And that is, I want you to every day to write a haiku poem, every single day. I want you to go out into your world and find something worth 17 syllables. All right, think about how much of your day you dedicate to you know, working hours for dollars to build someone else's dreams. You come home, you have to do dishes, you have all these honeydew projects or, or you know, me-do projects or whatever it is, and you have to do all this adulting, and you get those couple minutes of bliss at night right before you go to bed. When the world's done with you, it spits you out, it's chewed you up, it can't ask any more of you, and you sit down and you want to write. But you can't because you're so wound up or you're so tired and you just don't do it. And then days go by and then weeks, and then months. And you sit there and you watch all your friends posting on Facebook, and they're posting poems every day. How do they do that? How do they write that much? Because I'm not writing that much. I don't know how they're writing that much. Oh, my God, I've got writer's block, and I'm not a real poet. And you just really put yourself through the ringer. All right? It's writer's discipline. It's putting enough importance on the things that are uniquely you and make you you. You are not your job. You are not any of the titles that are put on you. You are what you are in your soul, and you will have the soul of a poet. And so you deserve to dedicate a little bit of time to that. And how do you do that? Something simple. Every day find something worth 17 syllables. Write a haiku every single day. I don't care if you jot it down and it's 15 syllables. You can come back later and add a couple more. But doing that, that writer's discipline keeps you every single day writing something. Something. Even if something little like a haiku. It keeps your brain thinking. It keeps you creative. It keeps you from hitting those blocks. And by the way, this is one of the things out of a workshop that I do called Writer's Block is an Urban Legend. 
It's like the boogeyman. It can only hurt you if you believe in it. So there's no such thing as writer's block. Do this every day. It'll change your life as a writer, I promise you. All right, that is it for your inspiration from the Inkwell mini workshop for the show. If you missed any of that, don't panic. You can come back at the end of the show after we are done broadcasting. It will go into a podcast that you can listen to in our archives. And you can listen to the first 15 minutes of the show, start and stop it, right? get these all written down, and you'll be good to go. Same thing if you are sitting there some night and you don't know what to write about, turn on the first 15 minutes of any of our shows, and you will be able to grab something and go off and running in these Things change periodically, so what we're doing now isn't what we were doing a year ago. So you can go out and grab those. All right, that's it. That's what we've got. The next thing I'm going to do real quick is I'm going to play an audio track. We always start and end every episode with a track played by one of you, our poets. So if you have something you would like to have played on the air, you can send those to me. Probably the best way would be on my email. Remember the word the... Uh, the is in the email titles. It is the speakeasy, T-H-E, the speakeasy cafe at gmail.com. The speakeasy cafe at gmail.com. Make sure you put poem, uh, MP3, audio, something like that in the subject line for me so it kind of catches my attention. We'll get that uploaded to the show's library and play it for the world. The piece that I'm going to start the show with tonight is called Let the Low End Drag, and this is by our beloved Philip Kent Church. And here you go. You ain't got the money to do like you please, eating hamburger helper or mac and cheese. Bills are piling up, the wolves are at the door. It seems harder than ever making a buck anymore. If keeping up with the Joneses really ain't in your bag, just do the best you can and let the low end drag. That's right, let the low end drag and the sparks keep spraying. Make no never mind of what other folks are saying. Just throttle up the power, let the rear end sag, smile a big grin and let the low end drag. Now you're out of the shade and into the heat. You don't take a break. You just stay on your feet. All shift long, the work keeps coming. Your neck gets stiff. Your head starts humming. If you're taking up the slack and the boss is a nag, just roll it off your back and let the low-end drag. Yeah, let the low-end drag and the sparks keep spraying. Make no never mind of what other folks are saying. Throttle up the power, let the rear end sag, smile a big grin, and let the low end drag. Mm-hmm. That's right. You let the low end drag. Let them sparks keep on spraying. Don't pay no attention to what other people are saying. You just throttle up the power. Let the rear end sag. Smile a big old grin and let the low end drag. I love that piece by Philip because it just kind of, you know, the whole message in that piece is you do you. 
you know, you do you, and that's a good thing. I love that piece. I love Philip. I miss him so much. All right, guys, so now, once again, it is time to get to you, our poets, the best part of the show. If you would like to call in tonight, the number to dial in is 646-595-3965, and you can call in and listen on in on the line if you'd like to. If you don't have a, a computer to jump on or whatever, you can listen on the phone. Or when you call in, 646-595-3965, and you press 1, that will cue me in to let you know that you would like to come on the air and I can unmute you. So you can call in and come on the air with me or you can call in and just listen. Just follow the prompts when you dial the number. You can do... Um, actually, when when I bring you on, I take callers in the order that you call in. So when I bring you, start bringing you guys on, listen for your telephone area code and you'll know it's your turn. When I bring you on, please make sure that you introduce yourself. It's real important that people know who's reading because you you don't want people, you know, sitting there texting me saying, hey, who's this, who's this, and then I don't hear what you say, and then I'm sitting there and you say end poem, and I'm going, uh, uh nobody wants that. <laughs> That's a horrible noise. Don't ever make me make it again. So make sure you introduce yourself. And you always want to have your name attached to your work. I mean, you are literally verbally publishing your piece. You can go back to, I said we've been on the air, this will be 15 years in October. So you can go back and listen to poems from all the way back then in our archives. You are you are literally verbally publishing your poem right now. Make sure your name is attached to it. You know, I'm all for these pen names, by the way. When I first got on uh, MySpace and it was the thing to have a pen name, you know, to have a, a persona and all that. I went by Spirit Wild, which was a name given to me when I started uh, green-breaking BLM Mustangs when I lived in Wyoming. And so I went by that. That was my pen name. But now that I'm publishing and doing stuff, I use my real name, and that's really important to me. You don't have to. You can use your pen name if you want to. But you know, a lot of you, which I think is really cool, you'll call in and you'll say, you know, this is so-and-so, you know, this is Larry Shepard, also known as Automatic Charismatic. I l- really love that he uses both his names. So a pen name's great, but you always really want it. Besides, you know, someone looks me up from grade school and, you know, finds out that I get to hang out with cool poets all day, you know, that's kind of a cool thing. I want them to know that's me. Actually, I don't have the name I had in grade school anymore because I changed my name. So no one will ever know what I'm doing. They'll think I fell off the face of the earth. Never mind. Forget that example. Okay, so anyway, yeah, (laughs) make sure you introduce yourself. Right now you can read two poems if the lines get too busy as we get into the show, and I have to switch that back to one, and that happens during your call. I am so sorry, but right now you're good at reading two poems. And make sure that when you are done reading, you give out your URL. It's really important that people know how to come find you. You start building up your writer's network, and it's really important for a lot of reasons, um, especially if you plan on doing any publishing and such. We'll be getting into that information on another workshop. But anyway, so yeah, make sure you give out your URL. And then remember, please, that we have a mature rating. No porn poems. No, no, we don't need to have the x-ray of the act 
just keep it a little bit ethereal. No bumping body parts, no tab A into slot B. We don't need to know it's, you know, you don't need to say nipple to know it's a nipple, okay? <laughs> Other than that, you're good to go. They have some great adult shows where you can read your adult uh, adult erotica, and uh, that's awesome, but you can't do it here. Sorry, we only got a mature rating. But you know what's really funny? I was talking with um, a gentleman that I met when I was on my trip, and he was asking me about podcasting. He's really interested in podcasting. And, I, you know, he asked me what kind I did, and I told him and, and stuff. And he talked about his friend who who writes um, erotic poetry, and he accidentally heard him reading one one time, and now never, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I, I told him, so it's really funny, you know, out of all the types of poetry. You heard me mention Philip Collins earlier. You know, he's like the, the poet laureate of the universe, and he still works a day job. But you know some of the people that aren't working day jobs are the people who write erotica. That's one of the only, in fact, that's one of the, yeah, that's the only uh, genre of poetry where you can actually make a living doing that. Isn't that crazy? <sighs> the power of the mind fuck, right? All right, now. What? I made the mistake of looking up right at the moment that Right at the moment that the chat's going silly. All right, so anyway, okay, here we go. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you who the first three callers are so you kind of have a heads up who is coming up. And our first caller comes from area code 575, then we have 219, and then 207. I do want to let area codes 731. 407 and 520 know that you are not in the lineup. If you guys are here just listening to the show and hanging out, I appreciate that. We're really glad you're here. Enjoy the show. If you want to come on the air and talk with us tonight, now we've got 407 and 520. So 407 and 520, if you do want to come on the air, please press 1. That will alert me that it's okay to unmute your line. And once again, if you're just listening, that's cool. Hang out. Share some time with us. If you change your mind at any time, press 1, and that will go ahead and put you in the lineup. And I'll probably give you another reminder here in a little bit, a little bit later. All right, so with that said, let's go ahead and grab our first caller, area code 575. 575, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. This is Levi Miracle from New Mexico. (laughs) Hi, Levi. How are you doing, sweetheart? Doing all right. How are you doing? I'm doing I awesome. I had a good trip. Really glad to so be home. Good. I did. I did. I yeah. had a great trip. Awesome. Glad you had fun and found some dead things. <laughs> yeah, it's the first time. What's the weirdest thing you've ever found while you were out, you know, um, dead people? I literally found <laughs> right. five dead people uncovered by because a lake drained it and uncovered their bodies. I mean, literally oh found gosh. dead people. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. It was really cool, too. It was, I called the lady, Diane. I can't remember. It starts with a T. Diane uh, at the Paiute Re- Indian Reservation. She's in charge of cultural affairs, and she came out. And it was really funny because the, the camp, there was a camp host guy there that drove up to the reservoir to see it, and she wasn't really talking in front of him. And then he left, and then she told me, because I asked her, I said, do you want me to walk down there with you? And she goes, no, I can't walk down there yet. I need to get the appropriate paperwork. And then after 
uh, after he left, she said, I'm sorry, I couldn't say it in front of him, but the reason I can't go down there is because I'm bleeding. And the Paiute mm. Indian reservation, or the Paiute Indian belief has a lot of, uh, a lot of, well, what's the word that I'm looking for, um, restrictions and stuff, especially with women and blood. And so she oh, could wow. not go down to a sacred site if that ends up being what it was because she was bleeding. They were things like you can't touch our weapons. There's, you couldn't go into a smoke circle. You know, so there's a lot of traditions yeah. that they have around that. And it was really, really interesting because, you know, it's one thing reading things in books and stuff like that, but to be able to stand there with someone who, you know, is like an expert in tradition and, you know, is like working on their thesis and stuff and knows everything about everything and be able to ask them questions. And it was incredible. It was really cool. But to be able yeah. to call them and say, I found some of your ancestors and, you know, have them come out and be able to take care of that before they were, you know, robbed and messed with and things like that. was really Oh, cool. wow, yeah. That sounds like a trip, huh? A really good trip. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah. I have pictures yeah. of it. I couldn't take them from down on the ground, but I have pictures of the – and there's actually a – uh, a ceremonial mound above the graves, and so. But I've got so I've wow. got pictures of that on my page right now, so you can awesome. actually see it. It's cool, yeah. Cool. Okay, I'm sorry. I was excited about nerd stuff. Oh, that's Go ahead, right. guy. Yeah. Um. The first one I'm going to read is uh, called Anecdotal Angel, and it is um fairly new, so I don't think I've ever read it on here. So here we go. I saw her from across the room. Her rainbow-spattered swore wife beater and blue overall capris with holes in the knees to some might have been a bold choice, but I thought she looked amazing. Her hair pinned to the side of her head like a pillow nest of enduring perfection. Her shoes were different colors, different color laces, one purple, one neon green, one orange mix. One Reebok shoe, one Nike. Her skin tone had a cocoa porcelain-coated angel tint to it. A smooth-like complexion so rich with beauty, I imagine only heaven was allowed to distribute such a color. The way she walked, just her walk, reminded me of a maraca moving, moving rhythmically to the beat of life in perfect harmony with herself. I started to walk in her direction. My confidence at an all-time low. I so wanted to compliment her beauty, but my tongue kept folding onto itself, tripping over my every word not even spoken yet. My ribcage became an oasis of pressure. These padlocked butterflies that shook me to the core made my hands tremble. With a chaos in my stomach and a battlefield of doubts filling up my head, found myself standing in front of this goddess that just a few seconds ago I laid my eyes on for the very first time. She turned to face me abruptly and I said the first thing that came to my mind I asked may I have your autograph? She stood there in place speechless like a Chanel scented statue. She questioned why? And I answered well, because this is the first time and probably the last time I will ever meet an angel. 
Now, the moment it came out of my mouth, I thought to myself, that was the stupidest, corniest-ass line I've ever had left my lips. But as I turned to walk away in shame, she chuckled, and my life flashed forward before my eyes. I saw us together, killing our first pet goldfish, I flushing its scaly corpse while wiping the tears from her eyes. I imagined our first home together. The way I tried to carry her across the threshold, but my arms were too weak to go all the way. I pictured our first child. The way he'd say mommy before he'd say daddy, and how it would make us make me furiously jealous for a second or two, but would make us laugh at the end of the day. I saw her hand in mine on her deathbed, her beauty as vibrant as the first time I laid eyes on her in the coffee shop. Us both in our 80s, both of us still so in love, and she would, as she would draw her last breath, I would wipe her last teardrop from her eyes and I would kiss her for what would feel like the very first time. Then she touched my arm and brought me back to reality. As I stood in silence for what seemed like an existence, but then, then she opened her lips again. Those perfect angel-esque lips of her, angel-esque lips of hers, and she asked me if I had pin in peace that has got to be one of the most beautiful poems I've ever heard I am so in love with that well thank you yeah I uh, I wrote that about um, maybe two months ago a month ago maybe I don't know two weeks I don't know I don't remember but anyway so is she real uh, yes and she does not she she loved me at one point but now it's kind of over you know so but sometimes that's which is really sad but sometimes you know. i know but sometimes that's enough and sometimes yeah. the sadness is cool as well you know i always say if you're going to you know someone says i've been hurt so many times and i've got a wall up and i'm like bullshit if you've got a wall up then i don't want you if I have a wall up, you don't deserve me. If I'm not willing to jump in head first, give you 110%, and if you hurt me, then love you so damn good it's worth the taste of salt, then I shouldn't be with you. Yeah. Because you, you deserve 110, and I deserve 110. Right. And so all in, all in. Yeah. If it hurts, it hurts. Hurts part of the beauty of love, and it makes for some great poetry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, I've read some really awesome yeah, love poems out there like oh man, there's this one by Rudy Francis friend what's his name? Rudy Francisco. There we go. Rudy Francisco and oh man, he blows me away. But anyway, yeah. Thank you for that. You're welcome. I have one more and you just mentioned the wall, so I have to read this one. It's called The Wall. But it was a uh, published in the beautiful space, a journal of mind, art, and poetry. And it goes like this. There's a wall. The gaps between the meaning of my existence and the meaning of existence in general. It's a wall I can't climb. A wall without measure. A wall without borders. Because of this wall is why I've been blind for so long. So I leave the lights on at night. 
So I cover my face with shadow figures, not wanting anything to remember my complexion. It's a wall made up of everything I'm afraid of. Things that a paper cut throat gush with screams you never knew existed. Things that cause teardrops to not only fall, but instead break the barriers of sanity. Things I don't want, I don't like to speak of. Like how, when I was younger, I couldn't differentiate between sane moments and the moments where everything seemed perfect, yet I was a suicide time bomb ticking away as if an alarm were trapped in my wrist, as if God were dictating from inside my veins, from inside my bones, until I exploded with the questions never answered until it was too late. These are the things that make my stomach curl into the fetal position until I rebirth new moments of wanting to be alive. These are the moments I can't relive until I can actually live again. This wall, this wall of terror within my heart will never crumble until I can leave the past in the past and remember that my future is bright. This wall is a concrete resemblance of power, a mountain so planted in my thoughts it can never be removed, never be consumed by the tsunami of my ambition never become a path I can easily walk to the other side it's this wall that keeps me afraid at night keeps me from jumping the fence of my mind to the other realm of my reality it's this wall I can't replace with one easily escapable it's the this wall this wall I find so unmistakably hard to confront this wall that has never been moved Never been shaken from my psyche's foundation, never been remembered as anything but a traumatic remembrance. But every day for the past three years, I found myself staring at the wall, challenging it, whispering ideal chants and hopeful phrases into its core until I'm not able, I'm not afraid anymore. Until I realize borders cannot define my destination, this wall will know I will not bow down again. I will not crumble to its mass or answer the echo calls, bounce off its sides to scream lies into my soul. No, I can now turn the lights off. I can uncover my face from the shadow world and face this wall with unveiled freedom. I will conquer. I will prevail. I will tear down the wall until each piece is nothing but particles of dust on life's shelf. This wall will never define me again. This wall will never again be resurrected. This wall, this wall, this wall. I am free. And you know, while you were reading that, Levi, I was picturing this little cartoon. Do you remember, like, <laughs> was it Charlie and the Purple Crayon or whatever it was? Harold and the Purple Crayon. Remember that book I don't as a know. Kid? I actually don't know that one. It's because I'm older than you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's this little little boy with the crayon, and he draws. And I'm picturing him, picturing a a video. While well, you're reading, I'm picturing that. And you're standing. You're this little crayon person. And you're standing in front of this wall, and it's big and it's scary. But then you're mm-hmm. reading, and I see you starting to use the crayon and color color your thoughts all over the wall and, and, and changing it and it's like graffiti and you fill the wall with graffiti of yourself and suddenly it's not something scary anymore and you're right. not afraid of the wall and then you draw this little, this little ivy vine and I see your little crayon self climbing over the top of it and disappearing on the other side 
<laughs> that's what I was seeing as you were reading that piece. It was awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, I wrote, that, I wrote that like probably scary. like <laughs> yeah, I wrote that like five years ago, and I published it pretty quickly. It got published pretty quickly in um in this magazine in the UK, and I thought it was pretty cool. And yeah. So. I, I, it was amazing. I absolutely loved it. Thank Levi, you. you're incredible. I love you so dearly. I'm such a fan of yours. I'm really, um, really happy the day that you found us and became part of our family. Thank you. Oh, man, me too. I love you too, Nyla. Uh, you can find me on um, Facebook under the Poetry and Writings of Levi J. Miracle, M-E-R-I-C-L-E. Um, I'm on Poets and Writers Database. You can find my stuff. Lots of places. I just won an award, actually, for one of my songs. So that was pretty cool. Which I song? I first place, Whiskey Deep. Really? Yeah. We are all very intimately knowledgeable of that song. Yeah. Whiskey Deep, yeah, I won it, and I was so excited. And that was just, like, last Friday, so, yeah. I just well, found I'm out last Friday, so it's pretty cool. And here I was up in the mountains. I wasn't here to find out. I'm so right? glad you're telling me now. <laughs> and it How debuted, dare I take a vacation it, when life-changing things are happening for you? <laughs> yeah, it debuted on the air, too, in our radio station. It, its first debut, it was on the air, and I was so happy, and, yeah, it was so cool. So, I yeah. am very proud of you and very deserved. And you have people oh, in the you. chat room. Tammy's in the chat room saying, Link, Link, where's the link to his work? Will you please post a link here? Give me his damn link right now. I see you, Tammy. It's there. I gotcha. <laughs> gotcha I gotcha. I'll, I'll, put, I'll put a link down so people can listen to it. Very excited for you. Thank you. Thank you for starting the show off so wonderfully. All righty. Well, thank you, Nyla. <laughs> Thanks, son. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Levi. Very proud of him. Okay. Our next caller comes from area code 219. 219, you're on the air. Again, and now how you doing? This is Brother O calling from East Chicago. Indeed it is, Brother O. I'm really excited to hear from you. You got on really early this week. That's crazy. Yes, it is. I'm usually in the middle of the pack. You are. So what are you going to read for us tonight, my dear? Uh, this poem is called What's Your Excuse? Now a bit. My dear brothers and sisters, it's very convenient to make excuses and blame others for our misfortunes and bad choices in life. You want to know something? All of us face challenges daily and deal with situations at one time or another. However, we all have to overcome making excuses for what is happening in our lives. I can come up with numerous reasons to make excuses for my physical limitations and physical shortcomings. The major difference is I'm that type of brother who's got the extraordinary determination to make you of what I have to live my life to its fullest potential. I do not have time to make excuses for what has occurred in my life so far. I always put forth my best efforts to overcome my unique challenges daily. You won't ever hear me complain about my situation because 
It won't do any good at all because people don't have time time to listen to people complaining. Like survive having grew up in hard surgery and live a very good life despite of my unique set of medical issues and challenges. What's your excuse? I can overcome being placed in special education classes and then graduate from both high school and college. What's your excuse? If I can endure bullying and laying on down the road, learn how to forgive those who ridiculed Martin and made fun of me. What's your excuse? If I motivate myself to write poetry after suffering a personal tragedy in my family, end up being published in several books, and win numerous awards and earn national recognition, what's your excuse? If I can use my gifts to speak the truth and have the ability to inspire and encourage thousands of people through my poems and gather many followers and supporters, what's your excuse? If I can, if I can be a disabled brother who has numerous opportunities to become self-sufficient, hey, what's your excuse? If I can serve as a deacon with faithfulness and consistency for 15 years, despite my shortcomings, and then and uh, then the leadership skills, what's your excuse? I know numerous brothers and sisters who have overcome test, child tragedies, abuse, jacked up situations, and limitations in their own lives. Now, tell me, what is your excuse? I can overcome my a speech impairment and become a powerful voice and figure of influence in the national poetry community and start trends that transcend the poetry scene here in Chicago. What's your excuse? If I can manage needing on a fixed income, what makes you believe that I am not capable of being the first millionaire in my family and living an abundant lifestyle and be a blessing to others in the process? What is your excuse? If I learn how to market and promote myself and loan my brand of poetry without taking a single class in marketing, and then, and then will my background in education serve as a mentor to young men and women? Tell me, brothers and sisters, what is your excuse? I love that. What is your excuse? I mean, that's the question, right? Everybody has a crutch. Everybody has something that they lean on. Everybody's, you know, got a reason for something, got something to blame, has a scapegoat. But in reality, what's your excuse? Great peace, Brother O. Are you still there? Yeah, I see it now. Go ahead. <laughs> this is awesome. Are you going to read two tonight, or are you going to do just the one? Let me see. See what I got here. <laughs> Well, this is a love relationship poem I got called Trading in My Player Car for a Mayor's Life. It's entitled. 
My dear brothers and sisters, there comes a time in a man's life when he must trade in his deuce called his player card when Ace called a marriage license. I reached that point in my life where I officially then sowing all my wild oats and ready to put my days as a player far behind me because their lifestyle didn't bring me nothing but drama and confusion. I'm on I'm on, on grown man business now. And I can see this. And it's time for me to settle down with the woman that God has blessed you with. For I truly desire to be with only one woman who is the ultimate representation of a queen. Now I've got a real woman that's both good to me and good for me. I true love my best friend, my queen, my rock, and the woman who covers me into a tea. The real women do not need boys. They want real men who can take care of all of their needs emotionally, financially, physically, and spiritually. A real woman sacrifices everything for a real man, and she expects him to give 100% of himself. Now that I'm going to my late 40s, I cannot no longer do what these my younger brothers are doing out here these days. I'm too mature to be playing games on a woman. Ironically, one of my favorite rap songs of all time was called I'm a Player by Too Short. That song was one of my jams back in the 90s. Yes, I was an original Mad Daddy back in the day. That song brought back fond memories of my UC. I made up my mind when I was 17. I wasn't even thinking about marriage and wearing a red ring. I had aspirations of being a player for life. It was my wife. She's probably in the rehab, stuck in the pipe. Because she must be smoking, and I'm not joking. And I just fooled the club and fooling around with other dudes. Well, back in my younger days, I used to kick with a different female every week, whether they were cousins, sisters, best friends, or lovers. I even dated two women at the same time, and I did that for a while cause until I got caught red-handed going out with one girl on her birthday while my girl was other girl that I was dealing with was present at the porch, he said. Even a quiet and reserved brother like me had females swarming over me. It wasn't a nice clothing cologne that caught their attention. My charm, good looking personality reeled them in every time and I had them I had them hooked on me. Yes, I had that smooth swagger like Billy D. Williams. I was at sex symbol like Denzel Washington and John Legend. And I had played a game like you have. Now I I once had women of all shapes, sizes, and skin complexions. Women for each of the twelve zodiac signs, women from all fifty states, women from all walks of life, and women from around the world. If I was at a player's ball, I would have won International Play of the Year award, hands down. What's cool and copacetic back then? I had plenty of fun. Now, this reform players come to the realization that I need to set an example for, for the young men and women who look up to me as a leader in my community 
as a as a poet that inspires him daily. Turn, turn, being in my forties has really matured me into a real man. I learned how to keep myself under control, not be tempted by every fine woman that crosses my path. Now, I'm ready to get rid of my playing card, which has a 50th spot, and trading that joker for a man's license. I made the transition from a player who played the field for a long time to eventually becoming a dedicated, faithful, and loyal husband who is a true cover for his family in porn. <laughs> Fantastic read, sweetheart. Lots Thank of you. life lessons in there. I do well, I appreciate it. Absolutely, my pleasure. All right, sweetheart, do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can come love on you. Well, you can find me on Facebook on Omar Brother Oget on Facebook and uh I I have a lot of I have several things, several events coming up and uh I post a lot of positive stuff on my page. And uh and if you would like to like to come out connect with me on Facebook and uh connect with me on Facebook, uh like to learn, learn new something new about writing writing every week and things like that. I'm always wondering if give advice. Give lots of advice for them for them's advice on how to live every day. So thank you for your support every week. Well, thank I you for being here with us, sweetheart. Welcome. <laughs> and we'll talk to you next week. I'll be back next week. Perfect. All right, Brother O, thank you. All righty. Seriously, again, you guys, you have no clue after being gone for two weeks. I mean, I did have an amazing adventure, but it's really, really amazing to and wonderful to be here sitting here with you guys tonight. All right, let's go ahead and get to our next caller. Before I do, real quick, I just want to remind once again, 407, I see you down there hiding out. If you decide you want to come on the air, hun, just press 1, and we'll bring you on. Let's go ahead and grab area code 207. 207, you are on the air. I believe this is Tammy. This is Tammy. Hi, Tammy. How are you, my love? I'm in utter shock that I'm this early. I know. I know. Something must have been going on with the lines. We've had a lot of people on early that normally are on towards the mid part of the show. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, I'm shocked, but I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad to see you back. How was your vacation? It was incredible. It was seriously yeah. incredible. Like I said, my, my at thing, you know, everyone's got at their thing. My at thing is I, at I play with dead things, and <laughs> <laughs> I have this, like, little logo made up and everything. I had a T-shirt made, so I'm out there digging on the cliffs with my I play with dead things t-shirt on when Diane met me up there and I had to show her where the uh, graves had been uncovered so that they could go and and take care of those. And so I'm walking around talking to her with this this t-shirt on it. It was just, it was really kind of funny. 
It, it was incredible. It was, cool. it was the Wonder. best year that I've had up there. It's been seven trips now that I've been up there studying that formation, and I can't even tell you. It's it's awesome. I am so happy for you. I really, really am happy for you. I'm glad you had a good time. I did. I really did. So what do you have for us tonight, my love? Um, I have a two-part poem. It's actually two poems that I posted, but I think they'll be short enough. And you tell me if they're short enough after I get done, and if, I, if they are, then I'll read another one. But it ended up, it started off as just a one-part poem, and then I got inspired to write a second part. So this is what it is. Um, it's called Beautifully Insane, which I read this probably about two months or three months ago on your site, or on your um, podcast, rather, I'm sorry. Um, Beautifully Insane. Her madness, I see her madness, undulating like the tide, rising crooked smiles and jagged laughter, falling lost, exhausted with reality. She places her finger in the socket because it is painful to be boring, weary, calling out to a God who never answers, cursing, versing, scribing mad profanities on the walls, on stones, in the air, on her skin, only to have them make uncomfortable sense when dawn approaches. The moon is her lover, so she knows not how to seize it. Hissing when the light blinds her as she tries to read. She's a liar, manifesting falsehoods to suit her needs. And her needs are neurotic, rummaging for attention only to tell you to go away. Her clothes are worn, torn. Smelling of patchouli, a bottle she uses sparingly, for the earthy scent makes her feel whole, and she wishes to hold on to that feeling forever. Her hair is long and unkempt, auburn with a gray streak off the left temple, adorned with the leaves she used as a pillow last night, for she sleeps wherever she wishes. But God can see dance. Down the halls of the sanitarium, on the street, in the park, on the train, there's no place she won't celebrate life. Part two. She ballets through the street on toes made for twirling, a heart made for whimsy, and a head full of quarrel. The masses avoid her, for they are fearful as to be so free, circling within their minuscule world, careful not to overstep self-made boundaries, but not her. She lives for the freedom, cares not for the constraints of tiny realms. Her madness is stunning as is her flaming red hair wildly framing. Alabaster skin splotched with earth, 
hazel green eyes weathered with time. She wears scarves in her hair, dangling from her waist, wrapped around her ankles and wrists to enhance her gypsy spirit. The voices are sometimes maddening. Speaking of truth known only to her, telling her to dance, to live like a wild thing, bow only to the gods of caprice, and so she pirouettes through life with a smile upon her face, bright as the sun, and no regrets. The end. Wow. Wow. She sounds like somebody I want to sit with for a while. Did you really like it? I really, really, really did. Thank you so much. And she really she Thank really you. sounds like somebody I want to have tea with, somebody I want to buy a Starbucks and just go sit next to for a while. And I would love to get to know her, too. I really would. She Where does like she come from? Where did you find her? I don't know. I don't know where I found her. I know that sounds really cheesy, but I have, okay, here's my point. I have always told everyone that knows me, knows, I know, I say I cannot write from anything but experience. I just can't write from anything but experience. If I try to use my imagination, I fall. But she is my imagination, my imagining what it would be like to be completely free. And this is the first time I've been able to write from that standpoint of my imagination without having to be something I know and I can write from. So she's she's one of your alter egos. Okay, maybe so. Yes, maybe so. I love it. I appreciate that. I love it. So I did. Anyway, I appreciate that very much. And I'm not sure that there's not a part three coming. For some reason, I like her very much. I do too. If I were, I I mean, I can't even tell you. I really do. If I were brave enough to go ahead and give up my income my home, my great-grandson, everything in my life, I would want to be her. <laughs> you know, I always say if, if life were to afford that for me, that yeah. I would I would be that person. You know, my kids, I'd send my po- my kids a postcard once in a while. I'd be like, where in the world is Carmen, Carmen Sandiego, that cartoon? from a long time ago. You know, it would be, yeah. you know, where where in the world am I? And I would... I would literally just travel. I would be like one of those boondocker people. You know, I would always want to have a little tiny place to call home, but I would just travel. I would get in a, in a uh, oh, crap, what's it called? One of those little motor homes or not a motor home, you know, just something. An RV or something. You know, one of, the, one of those tiny little travel homes and, and just go all over. I want to see everything and touch it. A Volkswagen. It and taste it and smell uh, what's that it Volkswagen? A VW Volkswagen bus like in the 60s. 
with just a little bed in the back and a little coffee yeah. machine and just travel around. I mean, how amazing would that be? We need yes, so little is. in life to really be happy. We need so little. Yep. You know? Yep. I, I would trade all this stuff for a year of exploring. Just a year, even, of exploring. Yeah. And you know what? The great thing about my life right now is that um, I'm in a position to where I could actually do that. And I've thought about that from time to time over the past five years, and it's very tempting. <laughs> I agree. Boondock and Nyla, here we come. <laughs> we we can camp next to each other sometime. There All you right, go. Tammy, I hope we do see more of her. You know, you you could actually, you know, really truly thinking about that. I you know, I honestly think that she is your, she is an alter ego in you and you know, you'd explore all those views because they are all part of you. You know, maybe your next book can be all the me's. And, you know, you can explore all the different people inside of you and write poems about them, you know, and not be afraid that people see those sides of you. I mean, you it was a long time before book. I told you all know that I like dead book? things. <laughs> What's that? I said, you said my next book. Do you know about my first book? No, are you going to tell me? No, because we don't have time. I don't want to take up your time. you got people listening. No. Well, make sure next week that you have that, that information in for us. I knew about my first book. I want to know about it. Tell us next week. Have all the information ready, the links and everything, okay? Okay, I will. All right. All righty, my dear. We'll tell everyone how they can come find you and show you loves. Okay, I'm on... Um, that's it, that's it. I'm on WordPress under TammyLHendricks.wordpress.com. I am under Facebook, under Facebook.com slash Poet Tammy Hendricks. So those are the two places you can find me. I'm nowhere else. Perfect. All right, sweetheart, we will see you next week. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for doing what you do. Oh, Tammy, thank you so much for being part of our family. It was a really, really good day when the poet woke back up in you and you came back to us. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I do. We appreciate having you here. Thank you. It's It was a crime when you're not. <laughs> you have a very beautiful voice. All right, then. Thank you. Bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code eight three two. Eight three two, you're on eight three two eight three two you're on the air. Oh, I am, am I? <laughs> you are. Hi baby. Who said I wanted to be? Oh, and, and you by did the way, because you dialed in and I, you pressed one. Yeah. You're practically begging. <laughs> And by and by the way, I I, I looked at all those things and I, and I couldn't write one poem, not not even one, none. No. Not a silch. <laughs> then you didn't do it right. Do it again. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't believe you anyway. Yeah. I know better. 
Yeah, you know. Got to try something out at least once in a while, you know. Did you hear me talk about my trip? I heard some of it. Yeah. Where I, I yeah, I went up. I was in Eastern Oregon, and Mm -hmm. the the reservoir the the they built a dam and flooded this area, right? And it was dry this year. There was nothing left but the valley floor and a small river going through it up to where they had built this dam. The dam went up in 1939. But because of that, when it drained, it uncovered four burial sites. And I called and got to meet with Diane, who is the head of the cultural department of the Paiute Indian tribe. Mm. And it was very amazing being able to sit and talk to her and have her you know, talk to me about, I mean, I learned things from her I couldn't even tell you. And all the whole time I kept wishing that I, I knew how much you would have enjoyed being a part of that experience and being there and talking to her and being able to, it was it was just really incredible, the things that and she told always, me. For me, it's always an experience of I would, when I'm around someone like that, I would I will say probably a few things. But I would much rather just sit and listen. Mhm. Oh, I asked lots of questions. I I kept her there probably two hours longer than she wanted to be there because I wanted to know everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to I have to say this, you guys, because you always say I never give bad reviews, right? You sit, you always think mm-hmm. I'm such a nice person. I was down there and I I stopped in at this little trading post. And they had a book called The Paiute Nation. And because I knew I'd be meeting with Diane, I kind of wanted to brush up on my history and to be able to carry an intelligent conversation. So I paid fourteen ninety five for this book. I did not have my glasses on when I bought it, my reading glasses. I had to ask the lady how much it was. And so I, buy, I bought it blurred unseen. And I got it back and I started reading it thinking that because of by the title, it would talk about the, the Paiute Nation, right? Instead, it sounded like it was there was that he had referenced nobody from the native tribes. He all of his information he got off of attributed to Wikipedia, um, pictures, everything. It was just horrible. It was the most rotten piece of trash I have ever read in my life. It should have been how we how we uh, made the the oh god, what did he call them? Savage. Um, bloodthirsty savages submit is what the name of the, sh- the book should have been. And I literally took a picture of me holding the book over my campfire, which I plan on using in my review of his book. So you think I'm always nice. No. When I'm not nice, you'll know that you wrote something that was crappy because I will freaking tell you. And I seriously am going to give him a picture of me burning that dumbass book that I only read two chapters of. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm, well, I'm done I... now. Sorry. No, 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 no. I, I, I mean, I've been there, done that. Okay, because that's what uh, those are the the outsider experts who don't feel that they need to talk to anyone to get everything that they need to uh, be be more in tune with who the people are than the people themselves. And it's it's always of that nature. And um, it's just it it's all, I mean, oh yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's he, called, he said that they sure. were. He, they were. Uh, he, he said that they were um, hunters and gatherers and farmers. 
and they weren't farmers because the Paiutes believe that if you dig, you hurt the mother. So they absolutely, exactly. and they were when they were rounded up and held as prisoners before they took them to the things, they forced them to learn how to farm, which was against everything they religiously believed because they made them put exactly. hoes and dig in the earth, and to them that was like going against their God. They no, were definitely. hurting the mother. It was no, terrible for them, the things that they had to go through. You know, this is what she taught me. So, you know, in this book he says, yeah, yeah they're farmers. They're not freaking farmers, you asshole. You made them farmers. Ugh. Okay, I'm yes, done. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, uh, that, that's, that's, un, that's, un, that's what it is because, uh, you know, they, they did those things. Um, so what do you have in, for us uh, tonight, my darling? Well, that's it's kind of an interesting thing you're talking about burning because this this first this first piece just is going to be dealing with something of that nature. <laughs> uh, but uh, in all seriousness, uh, we uh, in the last couple of weeks have uh, lost some uh, some folks that had uh, been been uh, good good people and key people out there in uh, North Dakota. In 2016, when they were, uh, a lot of the things were going on out there with the uh, Dakota Access Pipeline and trying to uh, make sure, well, to make sure that there was uh, uh, people with the uh, Papa Lakota who were out there at Standing Rock, uh, that their uh, wishes were upheld. But uh, I mean, we know how that's been going on, and it's still ongoing too. By the by, the mm-hmm. the uh, the, the uh, judicial end of things has not ended. Um, but so so this one, um, this work, I uh, dedicate uh, to the fallen. Um, the burning is murderous. Ground swell of a cast of thousands. Feet set to the flame, no one resisting, no one resistance can be the formal cure. Evolutionary patterns resolve into surface shocks, becoming clear chaos factors, dissidents, their mantra, the quickening of sodden fears, grasping at straws. What has become of choosing your words with care. When did surface noise, the chattering decay of mental refuse become the choice of how to act? Have you been watching too much reality TV? Stop playing in someone else's ashes seeking the answers you will never find. Stop. Wait for the wiles of the sunrise, the one that does not die. Me it Crying time has found us once again. Names to be buried. The fires rise so high. The burning is murderous. Twist of sinew, corded twine, wetronina. 
We see with our divine sight moons softened silver, the stars a pale echo in the dawn. Gasoline. Strike mass of poor blind breakfast bland in its refuse and no taste living coals bring solace to the dreamers that have been with us since shadows became mist water smoke the depth of ages dead wing wave the crows fly south winter tribes crying times tragedies the word of the day lightning head on collision the metal crash Spray of mobility finalized. Breath last taken. Oh. The burning is murderous. We walk with our dead. Future lives on hold. The young left to pick up the pieces. Sinew and buckskin. Ancient language, ancient people. We... Remember our original instructions given to us by the Creator. Red Earth, Red Blood, will mean everything a blur on the highway. Asphalt remembers nothing, holds the story a hostage, a ransom for the unknown. Black covers. Everything, darkened shirts, night thoughts, dying in the sun, drying in the pale shadow of the sunlight. I can wear black shirts again. Raw velvet, the fluid smooth of forest loam. Desert high, desert steel versus green. Truces are the black loon calls, sound drops blocked by water waves, distance lands end, dropped like water to lay like dead grass, Kega, Shronga, ancient signs of nine, lack of detail, withheld knowledge, silence becomes an offensive form of language, what Dry spells, spelled wrong. Five billion gallons of Mississippi mud. Busey. Dry wither. It is a drought year. Black flags of resonance. We have heard it all before. The faceless excuses of those attempting to obliterate blame. Begah. The end result remains the same. The burning is murderous. Travel barriers down. Traffic resumes. Stone prayers. The off cycle. 
we turn towards winter buffet and our snow-blown thoughts freeze time for rain time for sleep time for sleep the burning is murderous we remember our friends and family born and bones eternal red earth we are the ghost road born and we are always walking our way home the burning is murderous in peace that was phenomenal you know you you think about the struggle they're going through, uh, all the stuff that's going with the, on with the water, what's going on. You know, when you're reading that, and I, I know the situation and what they've been going through for years now, right? Yeah. And it kind of goes back, takes me back to when I was talking with Diana. She told me that the, the Paiutes were not farmers, that they didn't believe in hurting the mother. They wouldn't dig in the earth. And so that was at the turn of the century when all of that started. They started teaching them to be farmers. Up until then, they didn't farm. Well, look what we have done to our earth as farmers. You know, they wouldn't dig in the dirt. They wouldn't hurt the mother. Yet we have farmed this earth and destroyed this, the soil so badly that it may never recover enough to, to feed us the nutrition that we need so we are going to be eating ourselves starving to death because there's no nutrition in our food because we've robbed the soil of all its nutrients. The same thing with water. You know, it's like each generation doesn't care what they leave for the next generation because they aren't going to be there. They just want it now. You know, so we go out and we're destroying these things and nobody cares except for the people who are on this continent for thousands of years. If you think about it, the Lewis and Clark expedition was just over 200 years ago. That's three lifetimes. Okay, how long has this continent been populated? But the Europeans came across just over 200 years ago, and in 200 years, look at the changes that this country has seen. The Willamette River, where I live now, the area that I live in, is so polluted you can't. In 200 years, we polluted it so bad you can't eat fish out of it anymore. 200 years is nothing. It's not even a bit in time, you know, and we've just, we've just, it's horrible. I don't know why people don't understand the fingerprints we're leaving. It's not going to be in there. Everyone laughs at me, but I don't think we're indigenous as a planet. We're the only thing that doesn't belong in this ecosystem. We're the only thing that's (laughs) selling it. We're aliens. We are. are. I'm, I'm convinced. I will I will say this, and this is something that my brother said a long time back before he passed. If we don't do something to preserve the sustainable earth, earth will administer her own cure. Oh, earth will be here. She always here. reclaims what's hers. Earth will be here. We won't. Mm-mm. It's as simple as that. 
but you know that the 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 pocketbooks don't care about that. They're not going to be here then. They oh, don't no, care. No. And it's no. and it's everything. All the wars that have been fought. All the everything has been done for someone's greed. Think about it. And we've all fed into it. It's craziness. Did you have something else you wanted to read, Soldier Blue? Yes, I did. Yeah, I got one. Okay. It's called Nightgrass. Uh, Shadowbreaker, Bone Flames, the dancers gather before the great mysteries. Mystique of rain, case, water, smoke. Egish, let's see. Remembering all the faces where they tried to erase all of our names. Shadow breakers so to pulverize the shade. Gus with the, the rattle falls with a stroke. Solitary lines streaked with color. Igaku. An impartial hill set apart for a singular vigil. Bakudapa. Gedake. The shadow shift begins. Night singing, an ever restless rhythm of notes strung against raw light. Dago, Migagi. Hills of breath and stone, food and fire of earth, Dark fissures, old bones, We walk where we will. By torchlight and second sight of divinity, we see you. Oh, prophecy born of sickness, we shall see each other healed. Water, first medicine described in sets of four, the dreaming part of Doba, Thoda. Yes, the spirits, they are coming to be recognized for whom they have become. The peace, patience of thoughtful endurance. We shall begin with the ancient creeks, the ghosting upland forests seen by touch to be a barren land. Someone's mind is dripping ink. A streak of color swirling in the eddy lines of our river, external resistance feral existence, damage control, rebellion, it is all the same. Casual causes, steel jaws, the rust will kill you just before the pain confounds your flesh. Calaveras, the slow entanglement of languages, the meanings sometimes muddied and confused as turbid as the silt smoke Waters of the river. Oh, Dogs baying at the moonlight, begging for blood. They step forward to take the place of their ancestors. Current focus of a nuisance genocide. The shadow wolves of old. 
Scarified remains left in midnight hollows of rage and darkness. Clots of our of fur beneath the Judas tree. Oh, the red bud, Ron at once traitorous and sacred. The mysterious charcoal of ceremony. Respect for all things sacred. All is mysterious in its true state of wonder. We sever our connections to things reconnected with the giver of all dreams, first maker. We are reconnected to ourselves, to the lands with small tree limbs, the invisible touch of our firstborn peoples. Touching light envisions our lives of elsewhere, soft clothes of skin and resonance. We have reached our stone-placed refuge amongst the bones, echoes of chill morning's blood strife. What comes after women insults? Trace mask wounds of raft and stars, plied hopes and dreams of everything that fell without a cry, without a question. Everything burnt ashes, ashes, nothing survived. So we pick up sticks, drift a while, listen to the wind sigh, and pray for all our relations. And greet them when the time comes. Death seeks us all in the narrow defiles. We follow water first. Water is life. We shall leave it. We are the ghost road born. And we are always walking our way home. The wolves are howling. Listen to the wind. Trago traze. In peace. That was intense. That was intense. Uh, It's part of my, I would have to say, in part from the uh, concepts I'm picking up through the books I'm reading right now. And I'm really having a good time with that one that I was telling you about uh, called Inflamed. Mm-hmm. I you know I post, posted it on uh, the, your page a little while back. And it's really interesting to me because it's, it's, it's kind of a dovetail to something that one of my other brothers said and he was talking about uh, how they are mining our minds and if you they're stuck in judgment and belief then the energy that's just in 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 static form at that point is there for someone else to use and with this book uh, in flame they're talking about how you know various things uh, our society and 
various situations that occur on a regular basis, you know, systemic racism and uh, various other things of that same vein, they impact our bodies, they impact our bodily systems. And while they are not written into our DNA, they are written onto our DNA. This is absolutely true. And like I say, it's a very interesting thing. I'm, like I say, I'm taking my time so I can make sure I understand everything that they're talking about. Isn't discovering and learning new things amazing? Oh, I'll, I'll be doing that till the day I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, my darling, you know the drill. <laughs> All right, you can find me on uh, Facebook. It's uh, Rafe Wild, and then in parentheses it says Soldier Blue, and also uh, a separated word word form that's uh, Red Earth One, which is my podcast, and I did put up uh, two new pieces, and I'll probably put up some more this coming uh, days off that I have, and. Uh, that's what I'm doing right now. Awesome. All right, sweetheart. Are we going to talk to you next week? Oh yeah. I got <laughs> I got two more books that just that just came to me in the mail. <laughs> so I'll be I'll be going for a long time here. <laughs> and and so this reading, just curiosity wise, this reading that you're mm-hmm. doing that's causing you to write more. Is that, is well, that right? it's not writing that. No, it's not writing more, but it's definitely writing with different perspectives. It's it's, it's like uh, but it's uh, helping you write new things. Well, well, yeah. I mean, let's put it this way: my lexicon has always been large, anyway. But I mean, it it's always I or let me, let me just put it this way: I have always written cold when I first start in the first like two minutes of of starting to write. And, you know, once everything warms up, then, then I go down familiar paths and use from familiar patterns and, and rhythms, you know, to, to create what I'm going to do next. And this is just giving me that extra set of tools beyond, you know, what, what you know, a lot of people see things in their, their life as being black and white. And as one comic said, why you got to choose the two most bland goddamn crayons in the damn box why why you got to do that pick up the pick up the vermilion and write with it you little bastard <laughs> use the vermilion once in a while come on <laughs> so so you know what like i say so 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 if you want to look at it in such as what i as how i see it i have the primary colors that i always that i've been using for a long time and i know how to mix and match them this is adding up another two-thirds on either side of different shades and different mixes and matches of, of color that I hadn't, uh, hadn't thought of as putting into the, into the, to the mix. So wow. it's definitely broadening the palette. Oh, yeah. All right, my dear. Fantastic job, as always. Thank Incredible. You. You're welcome. Thank you, Ms. Nyla. Tell everyone again your Facebook pages. Oh, okay. 
Uh, it's, it's Rafe Wild, and then in parentheses it says Soldier Blue, and that's me. Perfect. And we'll and talk to you next week. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'll be adding more onto the, the uh, Red Earth One uh, podcast. Can you all, you were saying I, you also what? Oh, I'm, I'm going to be adding on. I'm going to be adding on the, uh, more to the podcast. Okay. I interrupted you. I felt bad. Sorry. Oh, that's fine. No, that's okay. We do that all the time. <laughs> it's what you do, Nyla. <laughs> no, no, you know, we, we, we just kind of poke at each other. That's okay. This is true. This is true. All right, sweetheart. I'll talk to you next week, honey. Thank you. All right, Ms. Nyla. All right, bye. Bye-bye. Bye. All righty. So our next caller comes from area code... Ah, Mama, 216. 216, you're on the air. Um, I think you're on the air. Let's just give it a minute to try it. Now are you there, Mama? Two one six. Cannot hear you, Mama. Two one six, are you there? Two one six. All right, so I think that we may have to mute and go back maybe. Mama, are you there? I can hear the show in the background, so maybe she just hasn't caught up yet. So I'm going to la, 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 la. We're going to be on hold for just a moment while the show gets us up in case she's listening. And then if not, then we will... Um, we will, I don't know what we'll do. We'll just take next, let's take the next car. I'll come back and check on Mama. Let me mark this. I was hoping it would catch up. But. All right. Let's go ahead and take area code 731. 731, you are on the air. Hi, now. This is Michael Todd calling from West Tennessee. Michael, you're normally on first. What are you doing down there? Dude, I, I was on first, and they said, you're now in the host queue, and then you came on a few minutes later and said, hey, you're not in the host queue, so it's no big deal. Oh, well, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you held on. Normally, you're not on this long. Not a problem. I'm going to listen either way. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, I stick around and listen. I did have a question I was going to ask you earlier when you were talking about your trip, but it's probably not relevant anymore. Oh, well, it's that? not really a question. I just... I just had to, I conjured you up on your trip, and I could just see you sitting around a campfire making coffee in a porcelain, you know, the blue porcelain with the white speckles coffee pot, the old-time percolator over a fire. And I thought, <laughs> yeah. I thought, you know, there's really no way she could burn that. Uh, it, it's just, just a passing thought, you know. <clears throat> um, I did not burn the coffee. That is correct. Um, did not burn the coffee. I did burn the sausages, though. You burned the sausages? And, yes, I have a picture on my phone right now of my coffee pot, which is the blue with the white speckles metal coffee pot. That is what I have. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, 
okay. We hope for better things. Anyway, um, oh, yeah, you said to tell where you can find me. I never do that. So I'm going to say since I'm reading one of my poems, sort of, you can find me at MikeTodd.blogspot.com, and Mike Todd is spelled M-Y-K-E-T-O-D-D. Thank you for that. It's still MySpace spelling. Speaking of MySpace, I was going through some of my MySpace stuff in the last few weeks and finding some things I had just totally forgotten about. And uh, I found that this poem, a collab, we call them collabs on MySpace, <clears throat> when two people shared, wrote back and forth. And this was one that uh, I did with uh, uh, a girl that was a, a writing partner of mine for a couple of years. Uh, she went by the name Laney on MySpace. Her name is Elaine Seppert. And... Uh, there was a blog that we were going to go to one, one night. It was a poetry challenge blog. Those were pretty common on my space. And, and I forget what the topic was, but just on a whim, I said, hey, you want to break up tonight? She's like, like, really? And I said, no, like, write a breakup poem. She goes, yeah, that'd be fun. So we spent about, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes going back and forth, kind of lightning speed, just back and forth, you know. And and so we, we wrote a poem and, and we broke up, you know. Never done anything like that before or since. That was our only foray into uh the only the only fight we ever had was uh make believe. But as I recall on that blog, a lot of people thought it was legit. I think a lot of people hoped it was legit. But anyway, I'll read it for you. How about that? Okay. It's called Your Words my words, our words. Eleni and Mike collapse. Your words were once romance and song that soothed me as they played. Spoken dreams of endless love and tenderness displayed. We shared dreams, moments in the sun, and basked within our glow. A friendship told of happiness and love we came to know. Your words were gentle from the heart, embracing who I am where I was lulled into a dream, contrived into a scam. Your words were shallow, meaningless, catered, and prepared. You promised what I couldn't have. I doubt you ever cared. You said you loved me evermore. Those words you now betray. You told me once you'd die for me, but I just died today. My words, so honest, spoken, free, I sleep, explained so well. You sink the sense and walk in stride and soon in sync we fell. I floated on your rising star and sank with love and light. I told you that you took away the darkness as my night. My words in passion uncontained, they flowed from lips to ear. My touch said every word of love, honest and sincere. My words are now a bitterness for losing in your game. I never thought that honesty and love would bring me shame. But when I told you secrets of my heart within your spell, you took my love and broke my heart, left me in yourself. Your words at the outset conjured images, seemingly ideal. Caught me by surprise, I will admit, did not know what to feel. I wanted this to happen in a way that you progressed cleaning. Must have been the romance of the century with no one intervening. Simply ideal in the aftermath. This was a foolish game to play. 
Your words, your actions simply showed me who you would portray. Your words, self-serving, left me reeling and ducking in self-defense. You presented yourself as cordial, merely a game of false pretense. To hear you speak, you claim to have my best interests at heart. But your words were your own duty, duty to land start. My words might as well have fallen on deaf ears, my mistaken things. For a time, it appeared we might become the product of our own dreams. But dreams don't stand for a lifetime, not when life turns you this way. Seems now that was a lifetime ago. Surely it is no very good day. My words, alone and forsaken, by rights should have stood the test of time. Should have, could have, believe me now, because of your words, not mine. My words, in retrospect, were merely the dalliances of a smitten fool. My fault, I suppose, for believing in you. It did not have to be so cruel. My words, mark them for what they are, not willing to fight these endless wars in this deadly game you play. You'll play with me no more. My words, not yours. It's coming in the form of a letter. Our words heard in total silence. And that said, given the chance, I'd probably try again. It was the best mistake I ever made. Impulse. Wow. Best mistake I ever made. What a perfect closing line. You guys wrote some beautiful stuff together. Thank you. You're welcome. She was pretty, she was pretty inspiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you guys wrote together for a long time. We did. We did. Are you going to read Two Love? No, that's enough. That's that sapped all my energy right there. I'm going to go and sit in the corner now. <laughs> well, you you can say that, but I decide when it's enough, and it's never enough when it comes to you. So, But if you're only going to read one, I'm not going to twist your arm, but I will pout. That was pretty long. Let's get back up and let the, let the next people come on in. All right, sweetheart. We will talk to you next week. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome, hon. Bye. Bye, sweetheart. And remember, M-Y-K-E-T-O-D-D. All right, you guys. Our next caller. Should we check back with Mama? We better check back with Mama. She's been holding a long time. 216, are you with us? Not there yet. You know, I bet that... I talked so long I put her to sleep. All right, let's go ahead and grab area code 540. We'll go back and check with Mama in a bit. 540, you're on the air. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> hey, sweetheart, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. Oh, you already know who this is. Pardon me? You know who this is? It's Larry. <laughs> you didn't think yeah. I knew, did you, Mr. Automatic Charismatic? <laughs> You're naughty, Nyla. <laughs> I'm not naughty. I am. I am. I'm not naughty. No, I miss. I need to call in early because I miss that. You know what? You have that voice for erotic poetry, and I think that you should play on YouTube. You'll get some subscribers. 
I've I've only written maybe five erotic poems in my entire yeah, life. You got the you got the voice for it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, you ever when I mean, you listen to your work, you know, you listen, you listen. You gonna be your worst critic, you know, when you're doing something. Where everybody's their own worst critic. This is true. I think we are. All of us are. Yeah, so um I, I just think that I mean and I'm I I'm I'm being uh I mean it's I think that you have I've listened to erotic poetry. I'm not talking about uh porn pornography poetry. I'm talking about poetry that's sexy without the uh you know without saying nipples. Oh yeah, nipples. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what is it about the word nipples? It just make men just they they lose all thought. No, you know? Do you really want to ask me that? Because I thought <laughs> this was a clean show. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not using it in a sexual way, so I'm just saying. Oh, the word. Um, it's okay. I mean, that's a, I mean, I'm be honest with you. I can't answer because I'm gonna be honest. You know. So, what are you going to read for us tonight, Larry? Okay, I'm glad he got me out of here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got your back, babe. I'm about to be on my bad behavior. <laughs> um, I'm going to call this poem uh, Time is Ticking. Uh, you ready? It's a freestyle. It's a freestyle, love, so bear with me. <laughs> All right. Are we coming to the world of conclusion? If it feels like these days, man, it just feels like we're not being a human. Many people have died, and rights are still being denied. Cops are being murderous as usual. Many people going to an early funeral. But when will this day will we get right? People out here dying day and night. And the time is ticking. For people to look into the mirror. Looking. Because maybe the answer is clear. This day and age. I wish I could turn the front page and maybe not see the details in these deadly ways that we live in. People selling dope on the corner, trying to feed their children. So much pain. All they see is the dope dealer and they never listen. Even a dope dealer is in pain trying to have something to gain, trying to feed their children, their whole family, trying to pay the rent. If it don't, it don't make sense, how can you convince? A woman out there selling her body to each man so she can pay her rent. And it don't make sense, but nobody's listening to her. Nobody cares about what she's going through because all they see is a hooker. 
A man still not the store because he's so poor. But all they see is the thief. So they don't hear how his voice just runs so deep. Many people come from nothing and they're still struggling. We out here trying to hustle, trying to beat this poor ways of living. And time is ticking. So we can learn from one another. If we go into the church and we still hurt, still got our name up in the dirt, still trying to flex our ways and we're trying to be manageable, not terrible. Trying to be more careful. Lend the hand. Lend the air. Lend the voice. Maybe those that are doing these things will maybe change, but someday, one day, we'll listen to all of our pain because time is ticking. This automatic charismatic, Little Rich, and gets in them on Empire and Drive. Uh, that thought, you know, maybe someday we'll listen to each other's pain. You know, we are such a self-absorbed society and people. It's crazy. I love that piece. Oh, thank you, darling. You are welcome. Are you going to read two tonight, Larry? Yeah, I'm going to do two. Because why? Because it's naughty Nyla night. <laughs> Uh, you know, there's people out there who have never heard me do erotica that just think you're nuts. You know, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do a freestyle called Teacher's Pet. Okay. Here I am. There I am, having a presence for you. Are you going to teach me and smile for me? Are you going to do the naughty things and have me write on a chalkboard? I've been restored, and what I'm looking at you, baby, I just can't get be ignored. I can't afford. Your sexy words are swallow. Looking at you so sexy like no tomorrow. And I'm there with the app waiting to be the teacher's Waiting to go ahead and be the one that you look at. Let me pet you. Let me sex you into a reality, into captivity, because I have the ability to run your whole vicinity. I want you to make love to my words. I want you to teach me everything that runs through your body. I want to lick the voice of you speaking to the higher praise in many days. I had so many sexual ways from a teacher's point, teacher's pet point of view. Everything is good when I come through. Am I the improvement to be your favorite student? Am I in the way to make your day? To make you say my name, even when you're reading, to see who's there, you're making your count to a higher amount. That is the attendance. Oh, baby, I'm already here. But when you want to pet me, 
and pay everything that enters your whole stream. I'm already there. <clears throat> My hand up. Minnesota Mac Killers Mac the Lyrical Engine. Till you get in the morning, pop in dry. <laughs> that was awesome, sweetheart. <laughs> Very good. Do I get uh what do I get A? You get to stay after class and clean the erasers. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. Maybe maybe uh you go ahead and give me uh, attention so you get, so I can have your attention. <laughs> <laughs> detention. You give me detention so I can have your attention. She said, gotcha. Oh no, I'm gonna give you detention so I can have your attention. That <laughs> so sounds like the start to a whole new poem. <laughs> Oh, I was naughty. <laughs> what am I going to do with you? Um, All right, sweetheart. Tell everyone how to find you, honey. Um, you can find me at www. I'm going to be doing. Um, I will be doing radio and doing videos. You can find me, Larry Shepard, on Facebook. Uh, I am my stage name as Miss Automatic Charismatic. My business name is Mr. AC Provision. and um, so yeah, you can find me. I'm, I got a book I'm writing, um, a formula I'm writing, and uh, I want to help people. I want to, you know, help people be able to study so they can pass tests and just say, hey, when you say no, the resiliency says yes. That's it, and you continue. You may continue being naughty. <laughs> well, but thank I'm, you, sir. Yeah, I'm gonna put you in timeout. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> All right, hon. Are we gonna talk to you next week? Um, if I'm not driving, I'm there in spirit. No, I got love for so I'm there in spirit. If I'm not there in actual person. Okay. Perfect. All right, sweetie. You have a safe uh, week, okay? Uh, yeah, let me leave before Mommy get on the uh, mic. So I got to you know, <laughs> come All get right. <laughs> Thank you, Larry. All right. <laughs> Bye-bye. Oh, uh, <laughs> okay. Let's go ahead and check and see if Mama's back with us yet. Mama, are you there? Yeah, I fell asleep. Oh, boy. I know. I said I talked so long I bored her to death and she's asleep. We'll just let her nap and we'll come back and get her in a bit. Oh, boy. Uh, I've never done that in a long time. I guess I'm exhausted. I missed last week altogether. I was so sad. Last week I I had to climb a mountain to try to start the show, and I couldn't get the show started, so you didn't miss anything last week because – the where I was at was cloudy, and I set the show up to run as a live show. I just had to call in and start it, and I couldn't get called in. So, yeah, my bad. Oh well, no, no, that's cool because now I didn't miss anything. But you now didn't I only miss anything. One, I only missed one show in ten years instead of two. Okay. Uh that's Maggie. Uh, I hope she's on the line. Anyway. 
Maggie yeah, was in the chat so room. Me, yeah, that's good. I'm good. So let me hurry up so I can get to hear everybody else. Uh, call me as I want to talk to you about some things. I went to the gym show, and I got some actually some beautiful rocks, and I'm going to send you some of them. So call me. Okay. Mm-hmm. And now the movie, folks. Okay, here we go. <laughs> okay, let me sign it. Uh, collab. I was going to read a collab, but it disappeared. Collab. Collab. Uh, I just had it up here. What happened to it? Where's history? History. Uh, okay. Hmm. Nyla, say something. <laughs> I'm. I didn't want to interrupt you. <laughs> I said nothing. <laughs> what are you it looking for? My poem that I had pulled up that I can't find anymore. So let me just pass tonight, and I'll just wait. I'll just be ready next morning because I'm, I'm tired. I'm laying down. I had the phone okay. pulled up, and now it's All right, well, gone. you pull up and get ready what you want to get ready. I'll bring on the next caller, and then I'll come back and get you. Well, I'll find it. Maybe I'm not. I'm not. I'll just feel better if I just pass for this tonight because I don't want to do that again. I'm just too pooped to pop when I'm on the phone. <laughs> so let me be on the All phone. All right, well, why don't – do you want to press I 1 and take not. yourself out of the queue and then press 1 to let me know if you do want to come on? Okay. Why don't you do that? Okay. All right, okay. Mom, I love you, honey. I love you too, baby. Thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just go ahead and grab area code 863. 863, you're on the air. I just passed for this tonight because I don't want to do that again. I'm just... Six three, it's your turn, and we know who you are. So we're going to sing to you till you pick up the phone, cause we love you. And so we are going to wait until you go, ooh ooh ooh, and get all excited because you'll know it's your turn. And now you guys know why I am not a singer and I don't sing songs. Um, uh, hello, Nyla. Let me turn this. Uh-oh. I was singing to you. <laughs> okay. 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 Um, okay. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful, sweetheart. How are That's you? good. I'm doing good. Okay. Um, I want to ask you a question. You ever heard of an ant lion? Heard of an ant lion? Yes. Like an uh, like a bug and a beast, like a bu- like a bug like I thought it was a dragonfly, but it ended up being like a de- damask fly. I have not. Well, um, well, um, I forget what day last week. I about ready to close the blind and the kitchen window, and there this was looking right at me, right in my face. It was just, it was just staring at me, and I thought, oh, that got be, you know. Maybe Gary came back in the form of the of this. I thought it was a dragonfly, and um, so I turned around and got my um, um, I went and had, uh oh, oh no, 
Uh, what happened? And oh, I turned the, it down. Okay. you got to turn that down. Yeah, I told you I was singing to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. And and so I took my um cell phone. It was quicker to get that instead of my camera and took a picture from the outside. Well, then on my camera it had lens. So I clicked on the lens, and it says the antlion. So, wow. And I thought, oh, my, and it just stared at me. And I thought it was going to be there next day, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Ant so lion. Cool. Yes, A N T L I O N, and it's so cool. I am cool. googling it right now as we speak. Okay. It does look like a dragonfly. Yes, I thought it was. I thought that was you know Gary back then, you know, and but um, I still feel like that is Gary too, and it comes form of an ant lion. That's and, and very cool. That is so cool. And went before they turn into ant lions, they're called doodle bugs. <laughs> okay, doodle, that's, that's right. I've been, <laughs> well, it was so awesome to see that. Very cool. I'm, now I learned something. Yes. I'm smarter because of you. Wow. Thank you. Wow. Because I didn't hear of it either. And I thought, wow, a lion, because it looked like a dragon, dragonfly. That's what I thought it was. I would have thought so too. Yeah. Yep. So what do you have okay. for us tonight, darling? Okay. Um, for for Gary's poem, I have um um a poem called "Imagine That Cat." Question: I asked the cat, "How fast can this spirit go?" had answered, human existence exists and depends on the speed and the stress of the imagination. Thank you, Cat, for your insight to realize the answer I was interested in. The cat replied, I know, since there is no end to eternity, there is no finish line by which to measure the speed of the spirit or the timing of the imagination. The end. Aw. Mm-hmm. That was beautiful. Yes. I love that poem there. Well, actually, I, I love too. all of his poems. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And um, and the one I'm going to write about, I still got it here, too, our Pasonic TV. I still got it. I don't want it moved. It's going to stay there, even though I can't play it anymore. Okay. Okay. Our Pasonic TV, we watch movies, news, shows, listen to music. Some made us cry and angry, laugh and made us think. We bought it in the year 2000 and moved with us twice. It has been loyal, faithful, so true to us for all these years. It misses you, too. It knows that you're not coming back in flesh and bones. Now it's acting up. Just like you, my teddy bear darling, you have been faithful, loyal, so true, loving husband, and I will not replace you. You will always be mine forever and more. Our Pasonic TV will not be replaced either, and it will just sit there. I refuse to move and get rid of our Panasonic TV. The end. <laughs> That's funny. 
Yes, and that and, you know, and I'm still gonna keep it too because I I can't. Could we bought it together in 2000, and mm-hmm. and it lasted all these years. Till last year, it started acting up. Now it just don't play anymore. And look how long that lasted. Wow, a yeah. long time. But I bet you can still hear it playing. No, I can't. I can't hear. I can't see nothing either. Mm-hmm. You but turn in your it mind, on. Can't, can't, in your mind, can't you hear it playing? Oh yeah, I can hear it in my mind. Yes. Mhm. Yes. Yep. See, things don't go away. I put nope. a surprise on your page for you, by the way. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so, sweetheart, tell everybody how they can come love on you, please. You and okay. Gary both. Um, okay. You can find Gary and I, um, all, uh, all of our books, um, Now and Forever, Our Love and Other Love Poems, Reflections of the Inner Band, The Hour of Truth, and the um, uh, the two hearts in one. You can find all of them on um, Amazon.com, and you can find our our website um, uh, Gary and Noreen Snyder dot Wix dot com front slash poetry, and then you and then you also can can find Gary on um, poetrypoem dot com. ReverbNation.com and Facebook.com, and he's also Googleable and Google. Oh, I forgot now how to say that. Googleable. Yeah, Googleable. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and you can find me on ReverbNation.com, um, Facebook.com, and PoetryPoem.com, and you can find us on Ko uh, hyphen mark. Fi dot com uh, slash Gary and Noreen, um, and and then you can find us on um, the Poetry Club every Saturday night. We do um, the um, the, the Facebook Live. Yep, I'm so glad you're still doing that. I'm so proud yes. of you. Me too. All right, sweetheart. We'll talk to you next week, okay? Great job tonight, okay. baby girl. Okay, th- thank you. Oh, and then you can also find find my interview on the on the on the magazine, The Migrant Online. Perfect. Yes. All right, hon. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, and th- thank you. You're welcome. Okay. And, and, and thank you for having us. Absolutely, our pleasure. We love you guys okay. so much. Okay, and, and we love you too. All right, hon. Okay. Okay, so I do want to let area code once again 407. 407, I see you down there. And area codes, Mr. Raymond. Area code, wait, see, Mama, you're down there, 216. And 919, I see you down there as well. That's probably Grand, yeah, that's Granville listening. All right, you guys, so I'm going to go ahead and take our next caller which comes from area code 585. 585, you're on the air. All right. How are you doing? This is Doug Curry. How are you? Mr. Curry, I am amazing. How are you doing, sweetheart? You always amazing. <laughs> and so is everybody who appears on your show. I always enjoy it. <laughs> um, you know, 
every day that I wake up is the best day ever, even if it's my worst day. So, yeah, I am always doing amazing. I can believe it. I can believe it because you always got somewhere to go. It can always get better. You can do what you make it do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let me see. Um, so, I don't know. Should we be one poem or two? You can do two. Please. Oh, well, okay. I so, I was, well, well, in that case, I have no choice. <laughs> okay. If it turns out bad, it wasn't my fault. But look, um, so I was at an open mic last night, and uh, uh, so here's something that I unveiled. So, my radio show has a theme song, Mr. Blues is Coming to Town, sung by a very flamboyant blues singer by the name of Wynoni Harris, who lived a big life. His life was so big, it was said of him that Hollywood should make a movie about him, except they would screw it up and make it corny. They couldn't imagine what he did naturally in his life. So all of their imagination would not fill up that kind of a page. So uh, I have a series of poems that I've written imagining him. And this one is called Mr. Blues Met Trixie. Mr. Blues sat down and thought about the hard lessons he'd been taught, from singing and dancing from nickels and dimes to packing a house in these headlining times. He stuffed on a reefer and shook his head. His eyes were juiced and bloodshot red. The suit he wore was a dazzling pink. Hot Mr. Blues, what the fuck y'all think? A cocktail waitress, a jazzy little whore, poked her head in the dressing room door. She smiled and went, hands covering her heart. Ten minutes, pretty pop. We about to start. Mr. Blues missing came and then asked her age. Full grown and ready, Daddy. Can I hit that gauge? Baby, you can get anything from me. Take all you want, because ain't none of it free. He let her play with the buttons on his chest while he toyed with the dollars passed between the breast. And right then and there, they both understood it was finance that would make their romance good. Meet me in the alley after the show. I'm quitting this town. Be ready to go. Hold on, Mr. Blues, something you should know. Tulsa Slim ain't going to just let me go. Tulsa Slim is a lame and a sucker. Go ahead and stay here with that motherfucker. I'm hitting the road in a chartreuse Cadillac. I ain't slowing down, and I ain't looking back. She called and told Slim she had a fish on the line. To meet her in the alley, round three would be fine. But Tulsa Slim never showed, fading into history. His true fate became a black-bottom mystery. And now here's his strictly. Some ten years have passed. Their first misdate had been their last. She played all the towns from Gainesville to L.A., Waiting bars and tables, getting paid to play. Every chance she gets, she tells the same tale and spells it out in all made up detail. About causing her how on a Saturday night, Tulsa Slim and Mr. Blue had a deadly fight. And no, no, no one knows different. Tulsa Slim is dead. That same night, someone bashed in Slim's head. Trixie got passed among the players and grifters and became just another black bottom sister. But for the price of a drink and the toss in the hay, she'll tell you about how they made Mr. Blues pay for a good hot day just like any other sucker. 
how she and Tulsa Slim had fleeced that motherfucker. Mr. Blues went on touring, globetrotting and such. Had a thousand girls like Tricky, it didn't matter much. From small towns to big cities, back alleys to avenues, he toured the world, took the stage, and howled out the blue. In time, his star faded, and he became less now. as rock and roll exploded and rhythm and blues went down. But he's the stuff of legend, stories told everywhere, spiced up by hoes like Tricky for those who wasn't there. Then gone. <laughs> that was incredible. A little story. That 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 should be like a little mini movie. <laughs> you should need to you need to get some some people to to act that out in a in a video with you narrating it. That that would be amazing. Yeah. I you know I wrote it for fun um, because even at that. This man was such a character that maybe a story like that begins to capture what he was like. Um, it's, 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 it's no joke that um, it was felt that, you know, Hollywood didn't have enough ma- imagination to uh, to do justice to what he did naturally. And mm-hmm. so, uh, so I'm glad to write imaginings about him. I, have to pl- I played the song. In fact, I just came from playing the song. We just had to do a recording for a show that will air in Chicago on Saturday. So every time I take to the airwaves, you know, he uh, he starts off my show for me. I am searching real quick to have my second poem. Just a little thing that I did. Thank you. It's called Driving Along, Doing 60. I'm sorry, Driving Along, Doing 70. Packed in tight bunches, coughing, smoking, and grumbling, fighting over space, yelling and blaring, eyes staring, 35 to 45, both days. Staying in their lane at 55 to 65, one here, another behind, one way up ahead in a hurry, trying to get where we all must go. I'm cruising to the groove now, easy rocking to the sweet tune, with just a few ahead, most behind. I'm driving along, doing seventy. Into the horizon's sunset glow, well past the glaring north, leaving all the roadkill behind. I'm driving along, doing seventy. And gone. Driving along, doing seventy. Love it. I don't do 70 very often, though, I have to admit. Huh? I said I don't do 70 very often, I have to admit. Well, it's not your turn. It'll be your turn. And if you don't do 70, what do you do? <laughs> Are you I've that got a speeding ticket. in front of me? Uh, I've got a speeding ticket. You you are that woman who's always in front of me when I'm trying to get somewhere. No, I go faster. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that yeah. sounds more like it. Yeah. All right, sweetie. I am so glad you were able to get on. And have, we're too. here. I know you've been really super busy and have a lot of stuff uh, 
happening for you. So very cool. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Um, I put poetry on allpoetry.com. I'm starting to be a little more active with Facebook. Um, and it's not necessarily poetry. I mean, if you just visit my page, sometimes there are thoughts, sometimes there are pictures, sometimes there are things that we find in different places that stir thought and conversation. I invite you to come along and uh, talk with me and my friends and the people that stop by. But it's on the page, Douglas Curry. It used to be, and my name is Doug Curry, but uh, I had my, my page corrupted, so we had to start over again, and now it's Douglas Curry on Facebook. On uh, on All Poetry is Manfield 99. Perfect. Good place to put your poetry, too. All right, sweetheart. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. And uh, just appreciate you so much. You have no idea. All right. Well, thank you for being here tonight, Lila. I miss you. Um, I, I tuned in, I think, the week before last. There was a gentleman on. He was doing a terrific job. Um, oh, but, tell him that because he always gets so worried. <laughs> yeah, he was doing. I think I did the last poem on that show, I, um, but he did a he did a great job as far as I'm concerned. But he wasn't you, so don't get him too high. I up. was I was up in the mountains in the high desert playing with dead things. Oh, I, okay. I was on vacation for two weeks. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you all recharged and ready to go? I am. Okay. I am. Well, great. Sure. From what I can hear, from from what I can hear, the show tonight, it sounds like it did you good, and uh, I'm sure I speak for all of us. We're glad to have you back. <laughs> I'm glad I got back on time. It was it was an adventure getting home, so I'm glad I'm here too. And it we'll talk to you next to week if you're able to call in, baby. Okay, sweetheart. Thanks. Thanks, honey. All right, and possibly. Got area code four one nine. Four one nine, you are on the air. Hi Nala. Hey, sweetie. How you doing, honey? How are you? I'm doing good. How about you? Absolutely incredible, Melvin. It's good to hear from you. Good to hear from you. Um, um we'll do something a little different tonight. Um, I want to read a poem that I didn't write. If that's okay. Uh, I'll tell you why I read it. I don't know if you know, I used to, uh, uh, I was a mental health specialist and I worked, um, specialized in working with, with victims of abuse, both uh, uh, physical um, and, and psychological abuse. And, um, we had a group called, uh, uh, you know, have you ever heard of Parents United? Heard of what? Parents United is a modality, and they do groups. One of the groups that they do is called AMAC, and it stands for Groups uh, Adults Molesting as Children. Um, and uh, so they're, you know, uh, the people in the group were, a lot of them had been sexually molested, like from, from early childhood into, you know, adulthood, you know. Some of them had been sold into uh, prostitution by their parents and, and all kind of stuff. And they were wow. really, you know, it was, it was, to make a long story short, uh, one of the ladies in our group, 
Um, she had been in there for about a little bit over a year, and she wanted to um, thank the group for the help that she had gotten, uh, and she wanted to uh, uh, say how she how it was when she first came into the group and how much progress she had made. To make a long story short, she wrote a poem entitled Me, and I want to read that. I am nothing, a grain of sand in God's hand, a pebble formed, gently placed in the pool of earth. The years, like centuries, pass slowly along. I'm noticed by few, passed by by some, ignored by many, kicked by others, unknown to millions. So many times alone, one little pebble, washed away and swallowed into the milky depths of an unforgiving sea, bounce around in the roughness of the storms. My eyes are closed and my breath held, knowing I dare not look or breathe, or I should surely die. I feel a presence around me. I take a peek. I'm surrounded by many just like me. I'm not alone. I take a closer look. I see the others like me, but some are bigger and stronger. I take a breath and I'm okay. I did not die. At first, I sit back and watch. I need to know how to grow, how to get out of the trap I'm in. I see others have helpers. They bring them strength, rebuilding their lives. Finally, I'm noticed, and helpers come to me. Slowly, I see myself getting stronger, larger, more beautiful. It seems like forever, but finally, I'm able to break away a little at a time. I end up back on the shore of life, a beautiful piece of coral. Now, when life passes along, now when life passes along, I'm noticed, marveled at it for the beauty, the strength of such a wondrous work of God. Here, to make my mark on the world, I have been reborn. I am strong. I am good. I am useful. I am loved. I am somebody. I am alive. I am me. I am. Important. I am. I am. Fantastic, sweetheart. Thank you. Absolutely fantastic. You're very welcome. Very welcome. Are you going to read two for me? I can. Um, What? Yeah. I, I, you said okay. you can? Um, yes, I can. I will. Oh, I thought you said you can't. I about ready no, to have a freaking heart attack. You better know over the phone CPR. <laughs> I, I actually want to read uh, a new poem. I actually read it last week, but I'm really interested in in your feedback on it. Okay. Um, you know, um, and it's called I Used to Love You. It's, I wrote this about maybe a week ago. America, I used to love you. I was proud of you. You were my playground, my merry-go-round, my sliding board. I saw thoughts of good times in the vines of my memories of you. America, I used to love you. 
I pledge allegiance to you even before I knew what allegiance meant. With my hand over my heart, I sang, My country tis of thee, sweet land of liberty. I believe in spacious skies, amber waves of grain, from sea to shining sea. And look what you did to me. America, I used to love you, not knowing that from my inception you were a deception. I really believe that all men were created equal, and that I could pursue life, liberty, and happiness. Until Mississippi, a place where they murder kids, fathers, and young men trying to make, a, make the world a better place, taught me different. And I realized that Rodney King was not the first black man that I had seen beaten by cops. He was the first one I had seen televised. And I saw black men, women, and children, water holes, beaten with batons, bitten by dogs, called nigger and boy as I watched the struggle for rights to become civil, while Malcolm died and Martin died and Fred was slain in his bed and Amadou was murdered for holding the comb and Philando was shot in front of his daughter and churches were bombed and the halls of our schools fell victim to fools and children died and mothers cried and politicians lied and Satan, filled with hate, became our head of state and tried to turn our democracy into an autocracy while hypocrisy became a political party and I thought, what the fuck? America, I used to love you. I was proud to be of you. You were my playground, my merry-go-round, my sliding board. I still had thoughts of good times, the vines of my memories of you. Now, you've become something that I abhor, and I really don't like you much anymore. Impulse. See, for me... It breaks my heart that you wrote that poem. Why? But it needs to be written. You know, there, there is, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can't use this as, as a platform for my own political beliefs. You guys can do what you want because it's your platform. I'm just the phone answer. But I have to tell you that that is one cog. It's a very, it's a very personal very close to the heart issue for you but it is one cog in the wheel of what has totally fucked up this country right and what isn't being focused on is the reason or the cause Mm -hmm. you know and it's something that we all need to be aware of we all need to be aware of the fact that your issue is my issue Mm -hmm. that that person over there their issue that should be our issue too we all right. need to be angry together about the same thing and the same cause. And until that yes. happens, this country is continue to, going to be continue to be divided into smaller and smaller and smaller pieces. There is a problem when a country does not, or a government does not fear its people. Our government does not fear its people. It has. It, there is no way right now without a civil war or something along those lines that we can change our government because right. things have been manipulated to a you know it used to be able to be that we could stand up as a people and do a vote of no confidence and just say we don't want you here anymore we can't do that the government does not fear us it is taking control of us we don't control our our country the people do not control our country mm-hmm. And so without getting into all the issues, you know, we have to understand that everything that is being done is being done for a reason. You know, it's very manipulative. 
and meant to divide us and meant to keep us hating, meant to keep us focused on things that fester those feelings so that we don't all turn around and look at the same thing at once. Yeah. And we need to be angry, not at each other, but with each other. You know, it infuriates me, the things that are happening to these young black kids, to these, these women, to, you know, these men struggling to make a life for their families, to these people getting shot because of color. It angers me to the point where I want to cry. It infuriates me, the Native women that are dying and gone missing and no one cares. It infuriates me the way women are treated. It's all the same problem. Right. But if you don't stand there, if you don't stand there and talk about the things that you're angry about, other people are not going to be able to understand and get angry with you. And that's why what you write about, that's why these issues are so important and have to be shared in the voice of the common people so that I can cry with you. I can stand next to you and hold your hand and say, no, this isn't right. Together, all of us, regardless of who we are. And then turn and look at those responsible. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, you know... um, one one of the things that you know, like um, that, I, that I advocate for is 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 getting is teaching the kids, uh, you know, because you know, sixteen year olds are going to be able to vote for a new president in twenty twenty four, you know, and so you know, my focus with you know with my friends and. And, and and the people that uh, that I try to um, 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 get to um, get, get you know what, what I want to say get the message out to what we need to do that we need to work, work that we really are all together in this all together uh, but you know there's going to be millions of kids 15 and 16 year olds who are going to be able to vote. And they need to know you know too. what? Those kids at that age, right now in this day and age, are so more prepared to vote than I ever was at 18. Right. Kids today are so much smarter because they don't believe everything Daddy tells them anymore. They don't believe right. everything the teachers tried to feed them because, you know what, they got the Internet, and they can go on there and they can look and ask questions and look for answers and find information Kids today are so much smarter than we were at, our age, at that age, whatever age. It's crazy. They know so much more than we ever did. And they need to know the truth about what's mm-hmm. going on. Yep. And who do you think uh, they're listening to? They're not listening to the politicians. Right. They're listening to things like what you just wrote. You are shaping our yeah. future, darling. Well, I and I mean that. that, and I mean that sincerely. Everyone says, you know, what can one man do? One man cannot change the world, and that's bullshit. Every single idea started with one man. 
somebody decided to play with that stick and that thing and beat them together and made fire. One person decided, well, we should we should sail west like Vikings. One person, it all everything everything in existence starts with an idea in a person, one human being's mind, and the idea grows. So you say one person can't change the world. One person has been changing the world one day at a time since the beginning of time. So yeah, that poem you wrote was important. The things you say are important. Everything you do changes the world somehow. And, and I bless you for that. I, I, I truly believe that if, if, you, if you really want to know the truth, it, it, you can find it in poetry. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why, you know, you guys have heard me say this before, that's why in the olden days when they wanted to control like when the the you know so-and-so's went to invade this kingdom and they wanted to control it the first thing they did wasn't go after the military the first thing they did was go in and send in spies killed or captured the bards who were the, the basically newspapers spreading news from one town to the next or injecting their own bards into the system to start spreading propaganda. Yes. That was the very first form of attack, was to control the information chain. Mm -hmm. As storytellers have been the number one most influential thing on history since the beginning of time. Right. So awesome. Awesome job, baby. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, it's good to have you right. back. What's that? It's great to have you back. Oh, it's good. I Seriously, I was supposed to be home Monday. I didn't know if I was going to make it back because I loaded up my truck with all my dead things I found and headed home and, like, not even a half. Was was, I was seven and a half hours away from home and not even, you know, 15 minutes on my way back out from out in the middle of God knows where, my truck broke down. And I had to have a tow truck tow me all the way into Bend, Oregon. It was like almost $600 for this freaking tow. Don't even know what's wrong wow. with my car. Christopher picked me up in Bend and brought me back to Salem, so I made it here in time to be able to do the show. I got back last night. I have no clue what it's going to cost to fix my truck. I may not even have a truck anymore. I don't know. It's crazy. But I am here, and it is really good to be home, <laughs> I have to tell you. <laughs> First thing I did was I, I drank a glass of wine and took a hot bath. Oh, wow. When you say dead things, do you collect fossils? Is that what's... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've got a fossil formation that I have been doing layer studies on for about six years now. I've taken oh, okay. seven trips up there, but I've been doing it for about six years. Mm -hmm. And I found things cool. this year. I can't even tell you. I found things. This was my best year yet. I, I mean, I discovered fish there, articulated fish there where they didn't. I mean, they knew that fish were there. But they could only find bones from, like, pike. They're big fish with teeth and stuff. They didn't have articulated fish, and I discovered articulated fish there so that they didn't know was there wow. before. And I found stuff that I can't even identify. I found, like, this sea monster creature. It's crazy stuff. It's huge, like big, huge yeah. vertebrate. I don't know what it was. But, yeah, it was exciting. I had fun. Yeah. Great. It's all sitting in my truck. <sighs> <laughs> 
It better not seriously. It better not be something that's bad with my trucker, or I'm going to be in big trouble. Mm-hmm. You're going to see me hitchhiking home with all that stuff on my back, or pulling it in a shopping cart. <laughs> <laughs> What's that lady doing? Is she homeless? No, she's just taking her fossils home because her truck's broken. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. So are we going to talk to you next week, my love. Yes. Okay. All right. Tell everyone how to find you. Uh, you can find me uh, on Facebook, uh, on YouTube, and on All Poetry under Melvin D. Johnson. Perfect. All right, sweetheart. Love you dearly. Thank you so much for being here, Thank for you. being love a part of my life. I appreciate you. Thank you. Appreciate you, too. All right, hon. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. We're going to go ahead and grab Mama because it looks like she pressed her. Then we have 608 after that. So, Mama, are you there? Yes, I am. I'm glad I stayed around and listened because I didn't know about your truck. So we're going to have to all get together and do something about that. Um, yeah, that's really crucial. Your life is in that truck and you got a wheelbarrow in, from what, where? How, how many miles? I was, I w- when I left to come home, I, it's a seven and a half hour drive. I was almost to the Idaho border. I was over in eastern Oregon in the high desert. And it was really weird. It started acting funny. It's a a stick. And when I started going uphill, it it just, it it didn't, it acted like it didn't want to go. I'm really worried that it's going to be the transmission. If it's the transmission, then there's no way I can afford to have that fixed. So I'll just have to figure out something else. We're going to have to do a fundraiser for that. That's not. No, that's silly. Everybody everybody has things like that happening in their lives right now. All of us need help. All of us need things. And that's why we stick together and help each uh, when it's your turn. Now it's your turn. So we got to do something. No, I would rather wait and have help with the the show when it's time to do the show. And that will be coming up here in a couple months. So, you know, I'll I'll figure out something with my truck. I'm just happy people are willing to help with the show. Okay, well, whatever. uh, Okay. So this is a collab between me and Joe. This is what I could find to do. And this was written in 2017. Joe, the verbal mind dancer, did the first part, and I did the second part. I haven't heard from him in a while. I know. That's why I said, well, you know, whatever, whatever the universe told me to pull up, I just pulled this one up. It's called Inhabitants. And it says a collab from 2017 with Joe and Vicky Aqua. So I'll read that. And since um, I got perked up to listen um, when I heard. Uh, hey, do you have Maggie's phone number? Yeah. Can you three-way call her? After when you were already on a call with me. Okay, I'll try. Okay. I don't want it. To, so, I don't want it to disconnect you, so you can't read. But she's just been hanging out, list, waiting to listen to you in the chat room, and the, we are in the uh, archived hour now, and so she happened? can't hear now. She's not there anymore. She can't hear us because we are we are in the after hour. Is she on the we phone? Don't, She's in the chat room. If she's in the chat room, she can't hear us you because she stopped live streaming. I know, but do you see her number? Did she call in or she just was No, she in? did not call in. She's sitting in the chat room now. She's saying, oh, no, no sound. 
because she can't hear oh. us anymore because we're in the we're in the after hour. Yeah. Okay. So. Or you can just send when her the link and tell her to listen at you know three minutes after the hour, after the third hour, and she'll be okay. able to hear you hear you reading. That might be easier. Okay. So I'll just do my piece and then I'll try to see can we find Maggie. But uh, if she didn't push one, she probably didn't want to speak. No, she she didn't call in. I know she didn't call in. She's been listening in the chat room. Well, that's good. Okay. So here we go. And this is Joe doing the first part. And like I said, the name of the piece is called Inhabitants. And, oh, I forgot to tell you, thank you for letting me uh, uh, co-host with Christopher. It was really fun. <laughs> I'm glad. I really told him that, that, to, to grab a hold of you because you guys would have fun together. Yeah. Yes, it was really fun. So here we go. Hmm. Collab 2017 with Joe Pierre and Vicky Aqua. And Joe starts off by saying, I get the feeling deep down some folks think I'm crazy. I try to school them on issues that affect our lives. But I feel like porcupine with a back full of knives. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm no conspiracy theorist. But there are, but they are contaminating our resources, and folks are not hearing us. I've tried clever lines to open minds. I've read being straightforward, but all they want are silly rhymes. Times as we know it is about to end quickly. Every soul on earth will start looking sickly. I mean, don't they watch the news, Vicky? But that's not what they choose. They know more about Drake and the mistakes he's made. They care more about famous people than the fact we're losing shade. Trees are dying. Racism is vying for the top spot. 45 is about to start another Plymouth Rock. We are walking around in the dark, chasing the next fad. We are effing being had. It's sad when they don't listen. We try to provide the ammunition, but they think I'm tripping. We're slipping as a people. Can't find help under steeples. Even the church is turning evil. Even a prophet can't stop it, and I'm tired as hell. Can I count on you to help me, Vicky, to tell this tale? And then that's when I come in. Like you, Joe, I can't say that I'm a prophet, but these lines we drop are full of knowledge. I'm afraid the end's inevitable, and we can't stop it. What will be will be, and maybe it's too late. They have wrecked this planet into a deplorable state. There was a responsibility that came with this life. And as stewards of this earth, we are given a charge. When the dust has settled and the sun is blocked, we will become extinct as fossils in the rocks. 
Too many voices silent. Too many ears are closed. Attention not given to the demons at large. This attempt we are making against those who will hurt us won't be heeded at all because they divert us. The power to correct things is very hard when it should have been easier to preserve and maintain we could have pleased our creator but this we did not with the state of this planet it may be too late to change our lot what will be will be the universal creator i believe has taken back the power we can now wait for the countdown of the minutes and the hours we will all all go down and our flesh will burn, the genius and the dunce, the rich and the poor, the wicked and the saint, the faithful and the traitor, the rocket scientist and the phone operator. The die has been cast, and it's back in God's hands. Prepare yourself for these are the last days. When endangered species and herbs disappear, when the water is inconsumable, and the air is not clear, when our lungs and our kidneys and our livers are shot, when our sperms and our wounds have been chemically corrupted, when the creator himself with mankind is disgusted. Joe, I think we need to prepare to transcend, and hopefully our souls will come back again. With a higher mark, and a more virtuous mind. Next visit, we won't be so susceptible to those seven deadly sins. He has done it before, and he may do it again. Millions of years from now, as the new world begins, our presence will be acknowledged in fossils and rocks. I will put this poem in a time capsule, bury it deep with a date and a lock. Joe, as we smile and move on into the next sphere that we'll soon be going to, we will be going knowing that we were not sheep, but we were obedient to the universal law that we keep. There's not much we can do now but wait. That's all. For the power given to man has been retrieved. We are now flying on a plane without any wings. And only the creator knows the outcome of things. I am that I am, and I am because he is, as it was in the beginning, so it shall be in the end. Nice knowing your soul, Joe. Hope we'll meet again. And thank you for asking me to contribute to this collab. But when I was talking years back, no one was listening. People want to compete because of their conditioning. But as for me, I know I have new intentions. I now have new intentions. And I'm not seeking a, a new goal. Instead of trying to save this planet, I'm again about saving my soul. And that's that piece. Hmm. That was really, really good. You guys, you guys 
absolutely we're on the same page with that. Right. It was just, you know, it was just really, like you said, sort of just flowed together. He he, he, he did, definitely felt, because, you know, a lot of my earlier stuff was just about, was just, that was just all I wrote about, you know, mm-hmm. with Monsanto and the food and the planet and the trees and the water. Oh, God. I just went on and on and on because that's all I was consumed with was just worried about. And it seems like that part when it says we're, uh, in 2017, before coronavirus, says so we'll all be looking sickly. That part just hit me like, what? <laughs> Did I say that? You know, you got you got to have some hope, though, you know, when you think about it, Mama, because you got to be proud of our kids. I mean, you know, like I said, these kids now are ten times smarter than we ever, more than that, than we ever were that at that age because they have access to so much more information. You know, there's a reason that these kids are, you know, and we laugh and giggle and, you know, all these words, you know, I'm a big vuga vuga gone, you know, I don't eat anything with, you know, blah, 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 and, you know, but, you know, kudos to these kids because they're inheriting a mess and, you know, thank God they are conscious of it. You know, they didn't talk about that stuff when I was a kid. Except for, you know, we shouldn't be polluting. You know, they're dumping thing, bad things in the lakes to save our lakes. You just didn't hear about that stuff. You know, we were a, a, a world of consumption on everything and conscious of nothing. And I think today's kids are conscious of everything. And I think that if there's any hope at all that they're it, they have to be it. Okay, well, thank you, uh, Nyla. I think uh, Maggie got a link. Somebody sent her a link. So that's good. She got a link. I'll listen to the show later on. Awesome. And, we can, and she can hear that uh, we were looking for and love her so much. Um, okay, um, that's all I can muster up. <laughs> all right, Mama. I love you dearly. Thank you for hanging in there. Thank you for reading. And we will talk to you next week, okay? Surely. All right, hon. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. All right. Let's go ahead and grab uh, 608. 608, you are on the air. Hey, Fuzzy Hermit Camping. Fuzzy Hermit in the Boondocks. That's what you are now. Yes. <clears throat> you know, I almost posted a picture online that you, that you sent and paged me, sent me on my phone saying, you know, just in case you guys are all wondering how, you know, what is he hermit's doing? This is where he's, oh, this is the end of the show. I, I'm so glad that I know you well enough to be able to just yawn and talk. <laughs> I'm pooped. Um, you know, but I was, I was going to set the, you know, send him this picture, the one you sent me where your, your feet are up and the desert's in the background and, you know, the dogs are there, but your license plate was showing on your camper, so I didn't do it. Yeah, I'll have to get a different one. Well, you're, you're such a whiz with uh, photography and stuff. You could blank out my plate. I thought about doing that, but I didn't want to do it until I asked you, and it was right before the show started, so I was going to wait. So it's nice yeah. that you called in. I haven't talked yeah. to you You haven't been on in a while. So well, for those yeah, of you that don't know, <laughs> James is now wandering, you know, our hermit in the woods that, you know, 
was very antisocial is now a social butterfly wandering around the country and uh, just doing amazing things. So, yeah, that's where he is. Fuzzy Hermit in the boondocks. In the mountains. Mm-hmm. So I have so, three. Okay. <clears throat> you can choose which one or okay. which two. Okay. One is titled <clears throat> Breathing It All. And another one is Magenta Rolling Skies. And the other one is Embracing Presence. What are your newest two? All three of them I wrote last month or within the last three weeks. I want you to read the two newest. <clears throat> and I want to read this one. Then do what you want. Why would you ask me then, James? <laughs> Why in the hell did you even ask me if you're just going to do what you want? You're such a man. I love you. What are you going to read? <laughs> so this one's um, Embracing Presence. What if I said I like you more than you understand? Has it come to this? Do I need to explain? I have been with you for longer than you have known. I have followed you when you believed you were alone. I have run when you ran. I have sat when you sit. I have laid beside you when you have slept. I have watched you as you have grown to love yourself. I have always supported you in silence. You know who I am. I am your true self. Your shadow in the dark and in the light. I walk with you always. However, I have a question I need to ask you. When will you love yourself enough to invite someone else to love you in ways you cannot love yourself? To share yourself in intimate ways with another? It has been far too long since you have heard someone whisper in your ear, I love you. And for you to whisper back, I love you more than you realize. Clouds beckon to the mountains as the wind carries them ever so slowly, caressing every inch, every crevasse, every mound, making love in a symphony which makes the clouds cry, weeping in sadness because the touch you longed for for so long is here now weeping in joy because the intimacy is so en engulfing, so engaging. You want to drink from the cup and share it too as your mind dances 
thoughts swirl. Emotions peak. as the caress sets your nerves on fire. Breathing erratic, deep, then shallow. A gasp here and there. Muscles contract involuntarily. You feel like you are falling, yet you feel safe in a warm embrace and poem. That was beautiful. Thank you. You're very welcome. Makes me have so many questions. <laughs> that I won't ask here. Yeah. Um, this one's short, so maybe I could read all three. I'm not the boss of you. Yeah. Uh, Breathing at all. Clouds float, voluminous in size, shapes ever-changing as they travel the sky. The ever-present breeze lulls, then a gust rages. In a moment, a dust devil forms, voracious as it spins. Then it is gone as fast as it appeared. Thoughts drift from present to future, past, then present. It is here in the present moment, an infinitesimal measure in human terms, where life is alive, breathing, pulsing, ebbing, flowing, Thriving, a concert, no, a symphony of everything known and unknown. I am both a witness and a conscious, active participant, breathing it all, and poem. Both the cook and the ingredient. Yep. And that actually has a picture to go with it. Actually, all three of these do. Guess I'll have to post I, them since I I found out that. I guess I'll call them. Smokerberg decided to delete all the notes and drafts. However long ago that was, I just found out. It's been a while, over a year. Yeah, yeah. It's been kind of a while, honey. Mm-hmm. Oh, this one's really short, too. Go ahead. I was going to have you do it anyway, but I was going to surprise you. You stole my thunder. Okay. Thanks. Uh, (laughs) Can I go now? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So this one has a cool picture, too. Um, Actually, they all three do, because there is actually a dust devil in the picture for the previous one. Um, Although it started breaking apart, and it was behind some trees. This one's titled Magenta Rolling Skies. The sun shines bright as it slowly fades below the distant mountains. The wind blows, creating waves skyward. 
traveling over a crevasse, causing reverberations within a small peak at its furthest edge. A giant cloud springs forth in the eastern sky, covering the crevasse with the warmth of the radiant heat from the distant sun. The earth pulsating in an afterglow of joyous eruption of light. Overhead, a magnificent sight materializes. A magenta cloud of rolling waves of velvety soft blanket. End poem. That was beautiful. That's when I really wanted to hear from the titles. That's when I really wanted to hear. Yeah, the title well, of good. I saved it for last. <laughs> you tasted me. Yes. Well, honey, that was amazing. I'm still waiting for you to write. I haven't you heard you read a poem or write a poem about our baby yet? Oh, I guess I hadn't thought about about that. I mean, all the all your other He's babies have has well, he? Well, yeah. Well, Amy doesn't. Um, I'll have to think about that one. Yeah, they need poems. They've been howling almost every morning. I think the campers get a kick out of it because they can hear them hundreds of yards away. Oh, I can <laughs> imagine miles. Isn't it like two, they're well, howling yeah, two miles or something like that? Yeah, they uh well it keeps the coyotes out of the campground and it's a mile long. They stay on the other side of the river. And even though the neighbors said there was a bear a few days ago and a mountain lion that they haven't been down here. Oh, and two nights, three nights ago, they woke me up when I went to bed early. And I thought they were howling at a coyote. And and I thought I heard a coyote when I opened the window. And then I hear this, ah! And I thought it was a bear down by the river. So I got out and I took them for a walk. But, well, first I actually kind of figured out what it was. Oh, God! Oh, save me! Was somebody constipated? <laughs> Somebody was shit faced on the other side of the river and had fallen down. I found this out a little bit later because I called the sheriff just to let them know in case they had fallen down on the other side of the river, down to the river or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it turned out he was some guy who was shit faced and uh, he was walking from town back to his campsite. Four miles is a pretty long way to walk, especially when you're drunk. <laughs> and I guess he had fallen down. <clears throat> so, at least it wasn't here. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and it wasn't somebody tripping on mushrooms or something and screaming for God, which is what I thought it was at first because I met a couple <laughs> of odd people down here a few hours before that and the girl seemed a little 
uh, anxious when she was talking to me, and and then on the other side of the suburban, about 30 feet from me, I hear this guy say, "Oh, hi! I want to meet you, sir. Can I shake your hand?" And a couple How minutes you doing, later, he, he walks over and and he's like, "Hi!" I say, "Hey, I'm Chum," and he says, "Thank you." And I'm like, "All right, cool." Pretty bizarre, but then I guess uh, that's what happens uh, when they decriminalize mushrooms, <laughs> or when you're out in the boonies here, meet all kinds of characters. I can imagine. All right, my darling, did yeah, you know the pictures I sent you? Uh, I think so. You found my horse. I sent you a bunch of them from my trip. And I saw saw the lake. Yeah, it was crazy. And I sent you one. Oh, the two I sent you. Yeah, there's the one with the dogs, but the one before that. I actually had to turn to the right to look at the mountains. It's one of those rare cloudy days here, or cloudy afternoons. Yeah. But the skies are clearing. No more, uh, no more monsoon rains. No, those ended back in July. Good. There has we were on our fire ban for a couple of weeks. That's actually the county ended it today, but <clears throat> I don't know if BLM Bureau of Land Management ends it tomorrow. That's what I was told. Always ask a campground host, especially if there's a sign that says no fires, because they're going to know. Because the BLM, the Bureau of Land Management, and the National Forest Service can and do start and end fire bans that don't line up with the county sheriff's department. It does happen. So here it can earn you anywhere between a five hundred and a fifteen hundred dollar fine if you have a fire when you're not supposed to have one. They lifted the fire burn uh three days before I left, so I was able to sit out the last three nights with a campfire. It was amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm gonna have one tomorrow night cook up some Italian sausage. Yum. And I found some frozen huge turkey legs to give to Lakota and Annie. But those are just going to be snacks. They usually get five or six pound chicken and Annie, well actually Lakota's speeding up so they both eat them between five and ten minutes and they're gone. I'm going to have to switch to turkeys pretty soon. (laughs) Because it's supposed to get drop into the upper 20s next week. That's crazy. Yeah, it was 21. It's supposed to be 21 tonight where I was camping. 
So Wow, yeah. that's cold. I heard it, it snowed in Bend like three weeks ago. Mm, I'm not sure. Mm-mm. Yeah, there's a girl who came through here remembered me from last summer. Said she, there was like a complete disconnect after she left because like she said she was going to go to Jackson Hall, but she said it snowed in Bend. And I'm thinking to myself, that's like 10 hours apart or more. That's a long way. Yeah. But there's snow in the collegiates. That's great. I'm ready for the snow yet. Yeah, it might snow over the weekend a little bit. Snowed on the 8th of September for the first time last summer, or last year. All right, my darling. I'm pooped. I'm tuckered. I'm done. Tell everyone how to find yeah. you. You can find me by typing in poetry in the wind as one word, no spaces, and you can find me on Facebook. I have an Instagram page, so I guess I'll have to figure out how to put the stuff I read tonight uh, or share it from Instagram to Facebook. Um but otherwise, if you're interested in reading some of my older stuff, you can find them in a book entitled Held, A Fusion of Brilliance, Volume 2, which is an international anthology of writers from Canada, the U.K., and the U.S., and it's available on Amazon. Very cool. Very, very cool. All right, baby, I will call you this week and we'll get caught up. I got some more pictures to share with you and all that good stuff. Yeah. yeah. I got more. Yeah. I tried to um, send you some. I'm, you know, I guess I could tell everybody in the world this, that that Nyla caused me to become a, a rockaholic. <laughs> I just told you there might be gold in them thar heels in those crystals and look for ugly quartz, and you went nuts. (laughs) Yeah, well, I just just found about, uh, two-thirds of a five-gallon bucket's worth of quartz in a campsite that somebody left behind. Hmm. Wonder where they found that. I don't know. Um, I found some in another campsite last year, and there's tons of it around here, but not huge pieces like this. This is the only other place I've seen this many, so I don't know if they pulled them out of the river, but uh, uh, there's some pink and some that has like like a tannish brown in it. Some that might even be kind of reddish. And some yellow. Remember, it's the ugly quartz. It's the decomposing stuff that has the gold in it. It's not the pretty quartz. If it's pretty, you don't want it. You want the ugly stuff that's rotting. Yeah. Well, I found another piece that's got a bunch of silvery flecks in it, and I wonder if that's silver. I have some pictures. I'll have to send them, but for whatever reason, in, uh, 
Facebook Messenger was super slow the other day when I tried to send them. Plus, I'm finding more what I think is Jasper. <clears throat> Whether it, most of it's black, some of it's kind of a caramel color, and some of it's red, dark, a real dark red. Blood Jasper. Could be. I don't know. <clears throat> I'm still a neophyte when it comes to rocks. Maybe I'll have to All go right. rock hunting. I'm, I'm really kind of resisting saying this, but I'm trying to, I'm actually thinking about doing something special on my birthday this year. Because Besides cheesecake? Well, I don't know if I'll do that because I might be in the desert. Well, that might be good. But it's kind of scary to say that I'm going to be 60. My. Did I just say that? <laughs> you're, you're only as old as you are. And you yeah, are very well, young, my I'm love. Still kind of, I'm still stuck in my late 30s, but with the uh, common sense of somebody who's probably 70 or 80. <laughs> Most of the time. I'll have to go down to the river and shoot some more pictures of the dogs for you. Well, the next year I'll be able to make the trip to Colorado and I'll be able to spend some time with you guys. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, I already have it set up or told them I want to be here again. So I want to get here early. Right. And the April. I know, now you're all settled in there and I can't get you to come host here in Oregon, which is what I really wanted. Yeah, yeah. Because now so you're, like, established with a, with a friend network and everything there. Yeah, yeah, and I just met some other guy out of the blue in town who stopped to comment on my RV and told me he's going to be renting out some spots on his property, and there's a guy who's camping here who got divorced, and he and a friend are having a problem trying to find a place in town because it's super freaking expensive, like... Twelve hundred, uh, more than two thousand dollars a month. It's crazy. But they need cooks. They need cooks in town. Yeah, it won't be me. Yeah, me either. I'm done cooking. <laughs> I just eat. I just eat raw. Well, not the chickens. Though. That's for the dogs. Just give me some beef jerky and cheese, and I'll be happy. Anchovies and, and hummus for me. <laughs> Crackers, an anchovies, and hummus, and I'm good. That's an interesting combination. So All did right, you say you're going to call, call me this, within a week or this weekend? Yeah, I'm going to call you this this week sometime after I get settled in. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. I'm probably not going to leave until the first week of November. Unless it gets too cold. Or actually, unless it snows too much. And you don't want to be driving in the snow. 
All right. No, but it's still in the low 60s here. I know. Good night, James. No, tell everyone James. good night. <laughs> oh, everyone, good night. Sleep well. <laughs> Remember to breathe. Close your eyes and look up at about a 45-degree angle with your eyelids closed, and it changes your brain waves. Really, it does. I believe you. I believe you. All right, I will talk to you soon, honey. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, Nyla. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> good night, hon. All right, you guys, you have been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. I want to thank everyone for being here. It was awesome talking to James. I've not had him on in a while. Appreciate all of you. We will see you next week. I am going to end the show with a piece by King's Cadence called Symphony Rainbow, and we'll see you next week. Good night, everybody. This is King's Cadence, and... This poem is called Symphony. All right, there we go. Somewhere over the rainbow, we made plans of you and I holding little his in her hands. A power in color schemes, the things that newly expecting parents often dream. Not knowing well with each day passing the stepping on of eggshells. And prayers laid that this union doesn't fail. The enjoyments and togetherness of these appointments and hands alternating on your stomach and love at levels that even inside you felt wanted. Name selections, promises of a short protection so worth the weight that it still comes with stressing. But then we get closer, more afraid, like we can almost see the day our bundle of joy is finally on its way. Before the doctor turns to say with that serious look on his face that we can't find a heartbeat. We don't detect movement choruses of I'm sorry and me trying to stop you from losing it. And then panic. And then grief and then the pain that's running so deep. I try my best to hold you complete. But the anguish in you tells me to leave you be. Looking at this empty room that's a constant reminder of you. Already collected clothing and baby furniture that it hurts to move. Feeling like you can never go through these hurts again. But it's the same so many parents are damaged. When the baby lands somewhere over the rainbow, please forgive my ignorance. But how do we have such hurting that swells deep within for a baby that I've never held? But my soul feels disturbed as if I'm outcomforted by the words, My Lord, how do you take life before it's born? What use does it serve? I close my eyes tightly and cradle your dreams so vivid I still feel that I'm able to. The emptiness, I simply just don't understand how this is best. Don't see the smiles her mother wore. Furthermore, doctors warn that she will never again bore. And me seeing the tears running, we both have heartbreak and can't take it anymore. Praying for acceptance, putting away evidence of the planning 
and tears run, you can't imagine how bad I need understanding. All that's left are my wishes to follow my child over the rainbow. And peace.